Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Women, and I got to say this, that women, we, we do. And I was guilty of it too. We always think we're so fabulous, darling. Until we're asked the hard questions. Like, what makes you valuable? And don't give me what you do, um, how many degrees you've accomplished, what you've accomplished, your good credit, your sex tricks, your nice body, and your pretty face. Take those off the table oh, boy. and tell me who you are. I did a tour, and that was the first question I asked every tour stop that I went. I said, y'all know me. Y'all paid to be here. Tell me who you are. And I made as many of I, as I could get up and tell me who they are. But only, I would say, 99% of them could not tell me who they are. They told me what they did. They told me they were a mother. They told me about their career. They told me I'm God-fearing. They told me basic stuff. I said, now go tell me, take off the mask and tell me who you are. What makes a man want to marry you? What? And don't mention any of those things. I never imagined my public healing would inspire others to heal across the world. I thank you for using him to reach the world with the message of hope in relationships. But your life does not... God, you are my publicist. We laugh. <laughs> We share the unadulterated truth. He said, not only have I not divorced you, I ain't exposed you. Oh. We didn't marry fans, we married forever. And we wanted forever to act like a fan. Reveal her, Jesus. I will not compromise Mm-mm. on getting a woman of God. You don't have to. And Father, I declare for his future wifey, thank you for preserving her. This season, I declare miracles and manifestations. See, you're selling scripts. And you're unique. You ain't like nobody else. I I noticed that right away. You being true to who you are, you're going to attract. It's a Hebrew word, chayil, and it was translated wealth. And it means people, it means men, it means resources, and it means means. I'm Lateris R. Whitfield, and this is the Dear Future Wifey Podcast. Welcome to the Dear Future Wifey Podcast. I'm your host, LaTerris R. Whitfield. Listen, are you still shacking up with us? This is season six. Come on, y'all. Can we get a commitment? Hit that subscription button and subscribe. We're on our way to hitting 400,000 subscribers. And we need everybody to do your part. Share this video. Tell people to subscribe. Make sure you turn on your notification bell so you'll be notified about upcoming episodes. Listen, um, I know y'all been hearing me talk about our trip to Los Cabos, our healing retreat with my buddy Paul Bache Williams. Make sure that you go ahead, visit the link in the description and reserve your spot. November the 9th to the 12th, we're partnering with I Can't Wait to Travel for this amazing retreat. 
And those of you that got upset because we filled up when we were going to Jamaica, here's your chance. You're getting the chance to know it now, so get your spot. We have limited space available, so get it. I think it's only $100 to reserve your spot as a deposit, so make sure you go do that. Listen, um, as y'all know, this is my personal journey as I discover, uncover, recover love. And so uh, we're going to talk about some things, but this episode is extremely personal to me because it's exactly what I'm looking for in a woman. So without further ado, welcome to the Dear Future Wifey podcast. Y'all been asking me to get this queen on here. Put your hands together for Miss April Mason, y'all. Hello, darling. Okay, see her voice. (laughs) Hello, darling. Hello. Whatever do you mean? See, look at that. See, she's already exuding all this femininity. April, how you doing? I am doing fantastic. Okay. My okay. world is good. Rihanna, Rihanna, can you hear her as she's talking in her sultry voice? Is that coming through the microphone? All right. All right. So <laughs> men, get ready to be mesmerized as you listen to her. Uh, yeah, they are. They are. She said people be buying her, uh, her videos, not even listening to what she's saying, just listening to her say it. <laughs> I didn't know I had the gift, the voice gift. So you said men men have gotten your videos and said what? Um, they say I'm not really listening to what you're saying. I'm listening to your voice, and so I'm like, did you get anything out of? Were you empowered? Were you encouraged? Well, I mean, like any lessons? They're like, uh, uh-uh. <laughs> no. <laughs> well, that's the opposite of these women because these women absolutely adore you. April, if I could tell you how many people have DM'd me saying, get April, get April. Aww. Even when I did the event at uh, at New Birth, what's our yeah. buddy uh, that connected us? His name uh, is Chris. 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 Chris yeah, Chris, Chris was like, you know who you need? You need to get April. Aww. And I was just like, well, I'm going to get her on a, a personal episode okay. because he was trying to get you on the panel. And I said, this would be a full out conversation because you have so much wealth to offer. Um, Thank you. I stated in the introduction is is I'm wanting a woman that operates fully and unashamedly in her feminine energy. Okay. Reason being is that, you know, I grew up in the hood, so <laughs> a lot of women in the hood, they, they, they're a little hard. I used to say, well, y'all hard. I didn't realize what I was calling hard was them operating in their masculine energy. You know, the girls that come and punch you and run off, the girls that, you know, you just, you're like, dog, I got I to gotta wrestle you or something. <laughs> um, so as I've grown older and matured, I found myself leaning towards women that are soft but strong. They're strong because they are they're, they are self-assured. They are what society would consider a boss chick, but she understands how to rest in her femininity. Mm-hmm. Um, so today's episode is titled The Power of Femininity. Do you yes. know a little something about that? Just just a tinge. Just a tad bit. Just a tinge, because the woman that you described, it sounds like a woman who knows how to operate as the queen and the princess. Explain. We don't, we're going to jump in there. So how can you operate as the queen and the princess? You see, think about this. When you think about a, about a queen, do you think of anything soft and gentle when you think of a queen? No. Or do you think dictatorship, she yeah. rules, you know, I'm a little nervous to be around her. You know, I have to kind of bow down because I don't know what the queen going to do, but a princess. Yeah. Daddy will go over the queen to get the princess what she wants. Daddy's little girls. Right. Mom said, no, you can't have it. Daddy, please 
mommy, I know mommy said no, but, and then all you got to do is give the eyes <laughs> to daddy, please. And daddy will say, oh, she can have it. So hold on, April, is that what you, is that what you teach women? To be the queen and the princess? Yeah. Yes. Because, see, the queen, see, your energy speaks before you. Right. Your energy precedes you. So you don't have to tell anyone that you're a woman about your business. You don't have to tell anyone that you got it going on. People can tell by how you present yourself because I teach my ladies that you are the the temperature in the room, not the thermostat. The thermostat can be changed, but I set the temperature in this room. So when you are the queen and the princess, you can walk in a room full of, what do you want to call us? Let me look and think a better word to call them. Um, powerful men. Are you about to say high value? You just think no. about saying high value? I'm so I can't tired. stand I'm so that ti- term. Why? I can't stand I it. I can't stand the term. You know why I can't stand the term? Why? Because people don't know the difference between high value and high earning. And that's what I said. And I said they don't know the difference between high earning and how high values mm-hmm. and so mm-hmm. we call we talk about a high value attaching it to monetary yes. things but does he does he have high values yes and that's what we don't talk about even when we talk about the high value man they never talk about does he respect his mama does he respect yes. himself does he honor you does he honor god it has nothing to do with anything that brings a value system that you need in the marriage yes it's all about the paycheck and i believe right now you know we see what's going on and i think men that make Six figures think they have value. And I believe women that think that they are, they make the six figures and have it going on on paper that they're wife material, but then nobody has done anything. If you think about it, all of this work people have done to become successful, but the area of your life you really need to be worried about, you have done nothing, nothing to prepare to be a wife or a husband. So now if you notice when you lo- watch these talk shows mm-hmm. and they these women come on up, I can't find a man because I am a software engineer and I take this and this and that and the third. You never hear them say, you know what, uh, Tamron Hall, you know what, Steve Harvey or whoever. I am single because I can't find a man who needs a soft and gentler woman, a man that wants a, res- a woman who is interdependent, resourceful. She is a woman who knows how to be in the queen and princess energy. She's a woman that is agreeable, but she will challenge you. She's a woman that I'm a woman that knows how to be what it means to be a woman. Help me find somebody <laughs> who needs a woman like that. No, I don't cook all the time, but I can make sure that you eat. I'm a woman that I'm a, I'm a good for his peace legacy and his portfolio. Steve, can you help me find somebody? Do we ever hear that? Absolutely not. Because you won't have a hard time connecting with a man Facts. if you lead with that. Facts. But I've never watched a show. And I said, I wonder if I'm the only one to notice this about these shows, that the women never lead with woman traits they come to the table with the same thing men have but that's an added bonus and that's what I've taught my ladies be successful I'm a very successful woman but I don't lead with that you know so I'm like y'all trying to give a cat dog food and wonder why it's not taking it honey (laughs) that becomes the problem Miss April why won't they I said because most women have never studied the psychology of a man and how y'all move there it is and I'm like how do you want this? But you don't know how it works. I said, is. but men, 
Y'all know how to get us. Y'all have studied us. You know how to look good. You know how to smell good. You know how to have a good job. You know, how, even if you don't, you know how to present like you do. You know, <laughs> you, you said present know, like you got a good yes, job. Yes, you you know what to do. Back in the day, in my club days, when I used to be at the club Talk in Oakland, it. Sweet Jimmy's, honey, Sweet Jimmy's, and the Oak Tree every weekend, right? The men would drive by in their 5.0s, their yep. nice cars, trying to get the girl. Yep. So men have studied yep. what moves us but when you tell women well you gotta stroke an ego why i gotta do that that means that means uh you know he need validated you know why i gotta be his peace he should be peaceful when <laughs> we meet and it has nothing to do with that it, it's their interpretation yes of what that is yes so i see it I've been doing this work for actually well over 15 years and it does, it hasn't changed. It's like if you study a man like men study us, it'll be a whole lot easier. What do you think when, um, and we, you and I discussed this earlier about the red pill community that may look at you as being someone that is manipulating men. Funny thing is the fact that being a woman and woman charm is now looked at as manipulation tells us how far we've we've gone off the, the script. Right. Because the fact that you all know what to do to get us, <laughs> but yet if I use feminine language when I'm talking to you based upon how you are wired, am I manipulating or have I studied what type of way I should be talking to you? Because if I yell at you and say, Lateris, get that garbage out. And that, that, if I do all that, you're not going to hear me. But if I say, all. oh, honey, um, darling, can you... It looks like you look so sexy when you take that garbage out. Is that manipulating you nah. or is that learning? I'm going to take out our garbage, the neighbor's garbage, <laughs> everybody down the street garbage. Everybody garbage yes. will get taken out that day. And I, I believe that what women are and what we have always been, it's looked at as manipulation because here's the thing. I will say this, y'all. Listen. You can use your femininity for good or for evil. Yes. So it's how you choose to use it. If I'm choosing to manipulate you with it, then that's what I'm doing. Facts. But if I'm with you and I understand how you're wired, why would I go against how you're wired and try to get something from you? There it is. Why would I do that? I, that's the part that I understand. So I have heard people say, oh, you teach women how to manipulate men. No, do, or do, I don't. But do I just teach women how to talk to men in general, because men receive information from us in a different way. So I love talking to my guests about how they arrived to where they are now. So let's unpack this. Um, uh -oh. Yeah, we're going to talk about <laughs> you, April. We're going to talk about you. How did you become this woman that people love today? Um because a lot of times people say, how are you going to teach people how to get married and you're not married? The same way a man can be a gynecologist and he doesn't have a vagina. I mean, help me. Do Think about no, think, Come on. Think, think about it. Do we ever question a man who is a gynecologist that can help you get rid of whatever you got and that can help, you know, push out these babies? He will never know what it means to have a vagina. Facts. A woman will never know that goes in and, you know, she check y'all rectums and all of that yeah. stuff to make sure you good. Yeah. Does she have a prostate like that? No. But you will go to her and you will normally most men prefer a woman to do it. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So if you prefer a woman to do it and she doesn't have what you have, make it make sense. 
I just find that some people just want to complain about everything and attack everything that mm-hmm. is opposite of what they think in the first place. But what they don't realize is that it's not that it's not you're not married, but you've been married before. Mm-hmm. And so there's a lot of things that you learned being a wife. Yes. So when you think about that, how long were you married in the past? Look, it was so wrong. I don't even remember. Um, that girl said it was so wrong. I don't remember. Not so. It was so long. It, like six years, six years. But here's the thing. You will never hear me talking negatively about my ex-husband right. because he I chose him based upon where I was. So I don't get on I line talking about these men do this and these men do that. Yeah. I'm more so look at it as who was I showing up as? And was this person nothing more than a mirror to who I was? Facts. And so I shouldn't have been married. He should have got a hello and I should have kept on walking. But because of my self-esteem and I dealt with 12 years of sexual abuse from the age of 5 to 17. I've dealt with two rapes. 5 to 7? Yes, 5. It started at 5, yes. Was it the same person? No, it was actually my neighbor's. No, I dealt with it from my first experiences for my neighbors. Then I dealt with it from my father and stepfather. You said neighbors? Neighbor. It was, okay. it was, it was, it was my neighbors that were babysitting me. Um, yeah, they were young. They were girls at that. So it was girls mm-hmm. sexually assaulting you at five. Mm-hmm. They didn't want to play doctor. And then it went to your father? Biological and stepfather. And then um, family, family members. It, it just what it was in our family at that time. Um, and for, listen, I, I know, all, I know, I know. So, no, listen, <laughs> I am so, so sorry to hear that, first of all. And Thank when you. I tell you that it has become the recurring theme yeah. this season, uh, it, it just, it, it, it baffles me. Like, it just, it just, it, yeah, yeah it's, mm. So, you know what the thing is? For me to be able to sit up here and still say I really love men and have gone through that, there had to be some real in-depth healing that had to take place in order for me to even do what I do and have been doing it for so long. So for me, dealing with that, when you have gone through traumas, you choose people that are in alignment with your trauma. They call them trauma bonds. Yeah. I'm still stuck over at, at yeah. 12 years, and it's like yeah. your own father, and then your stepfather, and then mm-hmm. neighbors. It's like, why? Like, what is that? I always wonder when I hear about, um, huh, trying to get emotional. I, I always wonder how, when it's been a sexual assault on a woman, it becomes repetitious. It's like they'll give stories like, oh, yeah, it happened when I was this, and then my boyfriend did this, and then I went on a date, and it was date rape this, and then it was this. And they'll just have these reoccurring stories mm-hmm. of the mm-hmm. same thing, and it's like, what is that? What what is this a spirit that attaches to you to where it sends some message to other people that say, hey, I can do this to this young girl? What, what is that? That's what everything, see, what how I looked at it and, and viewed it was more so when you go through stuff like that, it becomes your normal. It becomes normal to you. So anything that happens after that, you're, you're programmed because, you know, our, our, the ages that we, we learn the most are between what, uh, zero and seven. Right. So imagine knowing so much so young, you know, and so I had to I actually suppressed who I was for years. Even as of recent, I did an interview with Essence at an article and they asked, 
it was, I forgot the question, but I realized at 46, I didn't even want to be seen. I was like, what is it? So my good friend, um, want to be seen. I didn't want to be seen. So when it, that question that whatever the question was that they asked, it caused me to have to go within and say, why don't you want to be seen? And so my headquarters seen what you mean. You don't want to be on video. You don't want to be. No, no. It was more so video. You know, we can get online. We can take our phones. We can shut that down. So I have a headquarters in Atlanta and I was going to put my brand, all things feminine on the marquee out front. And my good friend, Dr. Bobby Price, I sent him the, I sent him the mock up. He was like, oh, this is nice. But he now he always challenged me. He said, that's nice. But why don't you put April Mason headquarters on the building? And it caused me to have to think about that. And I thought about it for a couple of days and it came to me. You don't you didn't want to be seen. There was still something about you being seen because you can hide behind, you know, the, brand. behind the brand. Right. And so it caused me to have to think about what caused you to not want to be seen. And it stemmed from growing up. A lot of times, even those of us in the most um, wonderful positions, whether it's your favorite pastor, your favorite professor, celebrity, we get triggered too. Doesn't mean we don't know what we're talking about, right. but we get triggered as well. So that question was a trigger and it made me have to go within. And I said, why don't you want to be seen? What are you hiding from? And it, I realized I didn't feel safe. And that's what it was. It's like, you don't feel safe. And I started noticing my body language. Although I meet amazing people all the time, I'm very friendly and very warm. Somebody could be talking to me and I could I would notice I'm I'm like this. Leaning back. I'm leaning back. And I had to become I became aware of that. And I'm like, why? This person isn't harming me. This person isn't doing anything to me. Why am I doing this? And so it all came together for me. And so for me to get over that, I put my name real big <laughs> on my building. When you drive by there, you see April Mason headquarters. And I put it on the door. <laughs> How long did it take you to do that from having that conversation? The moment I had that aha moment. How long was that? That was two days. Oh, because I had, two days yeah, because I had to figure out the pieces of why I'm a deep thinker. It's more so, okay, why did I feel triggered? Where did it come from? And how do I fix it? So I teach my ladies, assess a situation, accept what it is, and decide how you're going to move forward. Good. And so I said, no, you know what? And I sent Bobby back. I never Say told him. Say that one more time, you please. Assess As the situation. Accept, then accept, accept what it is, and then decide how you're going to move forward. And all I did was send Bobby back the picture of the new marquee, and that was it. And from that point on, I was like, I had to tell myself, no, April, you're safe. Like, what are you? You're still trying to protect that little girl, but you're safe. You 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 fine. You carry a 380 everywhere. You are safe, baby. So, uh, words <laughs> of wise, April, stay strapped. Uh. Stay strapped. Um, so, how did you move during your uh, teenage years? Having come from that, where you did you find yourself? Because you have two types of women. You have the women that become hypersexual from that, or the ones that become very closed off and you know, um, don't want you touching them or whatever. What, what, which type of one were you? You know, interesting is I became, I don't know, so you got me talking. You got mm -hmm. me telling it. We got to talk. <sighs> I became a man eater. This is what I mean. I became the woman that I, I could look at you and if, if I could feel like I could conquer you, I'll send you back. I'll never forget. It was one time I was at the same club in Oakland. I walked in with my girls. There was this guy 
His girl's back was to me. He was face. He was, they were dancing. He locked eyes with me. And I was like, yeah, he can be, he can be taken. Like that, that's, that wasn't even a, a thought that he couldn't. So I go to the ladies room and he, I come out and he was standing there and I said, I know you'd be here. Woo! And he said, how did you know? I said, because I saw you. He said, what did you see? I said, I watched you watch me. And he said, well, you know that I'm just on a date. I said, now, now that you've come over here, I've captivated you that much that you would leave the girl you with to come and get my number. I said, my job is done. I'm not interested. Did you say my job is done? Yeah, that was my way. Yeah, that was, that's just what to happened know to me. that you could. Just because I could. So I didn't get overly promiscuous or getting overly um, withdrawn. It was like, it was almost like now that I think about it, that was my way of getting back at the men that had violated me yep. because I knew I could. And so that's what I did. I didn't want any of them. It was just the fact that I know. Yeah, you easy. Did you ever take it to the next level and just got a guy and just played him? No, because that's too much work. <laughs> that's baby. I don't like working like that, honey. That's too much work. It was just to you know just said that it's I too could. Much work. Yeah, because that means you got to start. You got to start being extra stuff, and then I didn't want you in the first place. So then I don't want you to touch me. I don't, it was just. It was a game to me. Is what so, it was. So you never looked at it and be like, "Well, I'm gonna get him to pay my rent. I'm gonna mm -hmm. get him to do that." You said it's just too well, much work. That was too much work. That was. But see, that's the thing, though. What I didn't realize was I always carried the feminine energy it was just at the naive point so I say there's the naive feminine the sexual feminine and where I am now which is the grounded which is why I can talk and teach millions of women like I do so what's the naive what I was doing you, just, you didn't know you just knew that <laughs> no, you could attract I, I, I knew but I was not like I watched my granddaughter my granddaughter especially the youngest one she's getting ready to be four and she's in her rawest form of her femininity to where she knows Talk how to want to be doing this. Yeah, my heart, Grammy, you're my heart. <laughs> Grammy, did I disappoint me? Because you're my heart. <laughs> I love her. Um, but yeah, she knows like at its rawest form how to use it and when to use it for manipulation. Now, yeah. I told you she know you can use it for good or bad. Yeah. She knows exactly. And you said she does that when she gets in trouble. She does it when she gets in trouble. And she, like we were at this restaurant and I told her, I said, sit down, mama. And she got up and she ran. I'm like, I'm not chasing you. And she ran all the way around. The, I, I sat there and I waited. She, she let her run around the restaurant. She ran all the way around and came back. And I'm like, okay. She got back to me and I said, Lonnie. She said, yes, ma'am. I said, why didn't you listen? She was like, I just, I just. I said, get up there and sit down. She says, are you angry with me? And I said, I'm very disappointed, Lonnie Boo. Grammy, please forgive me. And she's sitting on, at this point, she's on her knees looking at me <laughs> in the chair. And she's about to be four, but she's a petite. So she looks like she's about one and a half. She's real tiny. So I call her my little rabbit. <laughs> and I'm looking at her and my daughter's sitting across the table, not Faye. She's like, Ma, she do this. I, ain't nobody giving her no slack. She always on punishment at home. So I said, Lonnie, why did you do that? She said, I don't know. I'm very, I'm so sorry. I'm very so sorry. She says, Granny, Grammy. You're my heart. Please forgive me. You're my heart. Don't be mad at me, Grammy. And I'm like, I'm disappointed. Please. So she knew. She knew. Now, when I told your tail to sit down, you knew you knew you were supposed exactly. to do that. And you're looking at me while you're running. So you knew that. <laughs> but the moment you get in trouble, it's like, ah. 
I'm going to turn it on. Yeah, it's like, bam. So how do you, so do you try to break that? No. How, what do you do with that? I allow her to be in her, that naive side, but I discipline her as well. Because what we have done is we have taken that away from our young girls. Stop crying. You know, you know, big girls don't cry. Yeah. Yes, we do. Because I'm, I'm getting ready to be 48 this month and I will cry on you real quick. And I don't even, sometimes I don't even know why I'm crying. She said sometimes I don't I'll be like, look at, look at the little rabbit and he's, the rabbit got his, ba- her babies and the duckies. And you be like, I'll just be crying. <laughs> i just be crying. i just be crying. And I don't, the next minute, you know, I'm laughing. Then it's like, oh my God, look at the tree. Ask this. Why, why did you so casually say your age? Why don't you, you don't, you don't, you know, sometimes women be like, I don't want to tell my age and all this. Why, why are you not like that? Cause I, I don't have a problem with, I don't, I don't see the problem. I, I've never understood why we didn't. Everybody just said, don't tell your age, but they never told us why not. <laughs> <laughs> so what am I supposed to do? Like, so he asked me how old I am. Oh man, never ask later her age. Yes, he does. He want to know if your ovary is still working, child, to see if you got some babies. What? What do you say? He want to know if you done had a hysterectomy, so because he don't want no more babies. Like, what you, are you? Are you in period or peri, uh, menopause? Or are you in menopause? So, because he might want somebody that's you know in that stage, because he don't want. So yeah, I don't have no problem with that. Oh God, that yeah. She said never told me why not to. Have you ever? Did you ever know, realize they didn't tell us how? That was saying a man doesn't ask a woman, a gentleman doesn't ask a woman her age. I was like, why? And then y- you get in situations like R. Kelly, and then and then <laughs> they say, well, he should have known how old they was. He was trying to be a gentleman. <laughs> you know what? You ain't right. <laughs> you ain't, you're not about to have me call, coughing. You, are you was, acting up? <laughs> I'm sorry, but that's why I say I'll be asking. I'll be wanting to know. I'll be knowing. I'll yeah, be wanting to know what it is. I've never had a problem um, with that because I. I never understood why not. Well, you know what? I did hear something recently that someone said. Matter of fact, when I, on the plane here, I heard it. She said sometimes men would ask women their age to disqualify them, mm. or sometimes women, when they're a certain age on a job, yeah, you know, they did get discriminated against. And so my thing is, if it's a situation like that, no, I'm gonna let you meet me first, and then ask me my age. And if it's a job or whatever it is I want, you're going to make an adjustment for me. <laughs> for me. You know, well, you know, typically we don't want them 48, but we'll make an exception. There it is. You know, so I don't have a problem with it because I'm free in who I am. You know, I want to talk about this uh, and we'll go back to, you know, what you learned in your marriage stuff that you adjusted growing up. But on that plane ride, mm-hmm. we had this funny conversation <laughs> that happened. What happened? Say one of the situations that happened between a male. Oh, well, I don't lift luggage when I'm at the airport. Like, and I don't have to ask anybody to do it. So there's this gentleman and, you know, he's, he's a frail older man. Just, he has, I could tell he has Parkinson's. He was shaking and whatnot. And he looked at me, he said, uh, can I put your bag up? And I said, you absolutely can. And so uh, we're, we're, he, we're talking for a brief moment as he's putting it up. And I said, all of the muscles you got, of course you can put my bag up. Now, he was this big, child. But he's doing something nice for me. I can boost his ego a little bit because yeah. he had to have some sort of muscles to put him up there. Mm-hmm. And so when he sits next to me, he says, I just wanted to make sure it was okay. And I said, excuse me? He said, you know, today you can't just help a woman and because it, it can make her feel like you believe, as a man, that I believe that she's not capable. I said, if you ever see me in the airport, the grocery store, or anywhere else, feel free to carry bags and put them up. 
I said, I'm not one of those, but I think my energy said that it was okay. How is that? How does a woman walk in that energy where guys are drawn to you like that? Because that's not even, uh, that's just not an isolated situation. Mm -hmm. Even when you sat on the plane, you were eating something and what happened? Oh, the guy, when I, when I got, um, the other guy coming on, when I had to transfer the plane, soon I'm sitting there eating my breakfast and he says, um, did you get me some? I said, well, if I knew you were coming, I got, I would have gotten two. So what's all this pimping going on? Because that, Why is that like, pimping? That's pimping? That's pimping. April, you know dang well you weren't even interested in that dude. But why does me being nice to you and having witty banter to you equal I'm interested romantically? Well, you sit there and say, if I knew you was here, I would have brought two. Yeah, I would have brought my grandkids some. I would have brought you some. I would have brought everybody in the staff some. Like, why, do, why when a lady is cordial and she has witty banter and charm that you automatically think... Because you guys are quick to tell us just because a man does something nice for you, it doesn't mean he's interested. That's why you get friend zone. They'll be getting friend zone because that men will start doing nice gestures. <laughs> and then when you next thing you know, he want to be your friend and he's doing nice gestures. And then as my friend, I'm going to talk to you about the man that I just met that I'm going out with, friend. Now he mad. <laughs> why are you mad? Well, you know, I wasn't doing all, I was doing all this stuff because I like you. No, because on one end, y'all will say, yep. just because a man does nice things for you, it does not mean he's romantically interested. Then on the other hand, it's, well, if he's doing all that stuff, he moving you and all that, that you, you know, he ain't doing that. Make, bros, make up your mind. Help, help us help you stay out the friend zone because <laughs> we don't know. One minute is this, one minute is that. I, I'm confused. Have you had that happen several times? Where a guy, you're, you're thinking that is just platonic, but he has, and he's treated you platonically, but then once you start talking about other guys or dating other guys or whatever, he getting in his feelings. Oh, yeah. And then what do they what, what do they normally say? It's like, so you went out on a date? Like, yeah, let me tell you about it. So. <laughs> she said, let me tell you. Because, see, here's the thing. <laughs> People do this, you know, we need to be friends first. If you want to be my friend, I'm going to treat you like a platonic friend. No matter what you do for me, you want to be a friend. And if I'm honest, women actually want a man who they're romantically interested in who becomes their friend. If you say you just want to be my friend, don't be mad when I'm like, oh, guess what, friend? I had this date last night and that was amazing. Don't be mad. Oh, really? Oh, I thought you was at home. Why you why you have this little tone in your voice? Like, so that's why you have to open your mouth. I don't take any gesture that a man does for me to equal he likes me unless he tells me that. He makes mm. it very clear. Mm. You gotta make it clear as these contacts that I'm wearing right now. <laughs> if you do not, I t I don't take hints. I don't take kind gestures as anything because y'all have programmed us that if a man does something nice for you. It does not mean he wants to be with you. So unless you say, listen, I've been watching you and I like your vibe and I'm actually interested in more. I don't want to be your friend. I want to get to know the woman. You say something else like that to me. At that point, I can make an informed decision. If you don't, come on, friend. You want to go walking with me, friend? Friend, can you um, can you come look at Is that what you're going to do? You're going to friend of the death? I'm going to friend of the death. <laughs> because that's what you said. So here's the thing. If I'm giving on, you, you if doing, I give you, I'm giving you what you said you wanted. Now, let me ask you that. Why is it when we give y'all what you say you want, then y'all get mad? 
because I this is what I believe. When we give you exactly what you say you want, imagine a situation where a, a man and a woman, they're just hanging out. He's saying he don't want nothing. She's saying she don't want nothing. Now, when she doesn't call you and harass you and what you're doing and all that, why do y'all feel some sort of way about that? It's, to me, it feels like you want us to do that so you can reject us. I told you what it was. Well, no, it gives them an out. It gives them an out when, because I know dudes that do that all day. <laughs> so it's like saying, listen, they get the the freedom to move how they want to move with no responsibility. Mm -hmm. And so, um, like you see uh, those billboards, drink responsibly. Yes. I believe you should date responsibly. Yes. Because at the end of the day, it's like, I have no responsibility, but then if things get romantic, you mess around, end up having sex, then, and if you come and talk about, oh, so what, so, so what, so what we doing? I'm like, what do you mean what we doing? He's like, I mean, like, we've been hanging out, we've been doing this, whatever. He's like, well, no, nah, I mean, we cool. You know what I'm saying? Like, it ain't, it, it ain't nothing. But then when you go <laughs> do a him on him, yeah. then he like. Y'all can't take no, it. No, he can't take it at all. He's like, oh, so you just finna sleep with me and then go hang out with somebody else? Or you finna go do this? It's like, it just because it throws them off. That's what you Because I've I had that happen to me. Yeah. It, I remember one incident. It had to be about 10, 15 years ago. And I wasn't looking for nothing or anything. Yeah. And he said the same thing. And then we would hang out. We would get together. Yep. And I remember one night, he looks over at me and he's like, so April, what's up? I'm like, what you mean? He was like, you know, us. I'm like, <laughs> what, there, what, what, what is us? And he was like, I said, remember, we said we weren't looking for anything. And remember, you said that. He said, yeah, until I found it. I'm like, oh. Oh, you found it. Is it me? Um, but I, it, he wasn't me for me. You know, he was for a purpose. And so, and we had great times together. He wasn't me for me. You know, and so I'm like, wait a minute. You said, I mean, you gave this whole spiel when we met. You know, I'm like looking at I'm in my career and I'm like, OK, cool. Perfect. I'm in the same. I, I was recently divorced, so I'm not trying to yeah, settle down. Yeah. I'm not trying to do that. OK, perfect. You And you six foot five and you fine and all, and you look good in the suit. So if I need you for anything, I could bring you out to the, you know, if I need you for anything. Perfect. And then we can go our separate way. It didn't work like that. Men and for me have always flipped in some sort of way. And it's like, but. And then how did you handle that? Did you continue going on with what you've already had established yeah. with him? Or did you have to cut him off? I had to cut him off. Because my thing is, I'm very honest when it comes to that stuff. It's if I'm interested, you'll know it. If I'm not, you will. I'm not the lead you on kind. Yeah, that's I'm, I am. I'm very, very clear, you know, about that. So once, if during that time, if brother catch feelings and I wasn't trying to feel those feelings, I wasn't trying to catch them back, <laughs> I'm like, oh, you know what? How did you say it in your feminine way? You know what, love? You know, you will make an amazing husband for someone. I'm just not in that phase right now. And this was right after my divorce, so I wasn't trying to lock mm -hmm. anybody in. I said, but maybe, you know, if you're available when I get to that place, we can circle back. So you left them with a little bit of hope. Mm -hmm. You always do that. April, why do you always do that? That's not fair. You shouldn't do that if you have no... But wait, because we do we know the future? You know, if you have no, if, if you feel like there's no alignment with him. No, I didn't say there was no alignment. No, I'm just saying if you feel like there's no well, alignment. Well, if there's, it, the only reason I would say that, if there's something about them, but I just, I wasn't ready. I was recently divorced. I'm I know not trying it. That's to, what I'm saying. I, I understand why you did But didn't. it doesn't mean he, he's not, doesn't mean he's not a good man. Where though. he at now? 
Did you have you ever thought about him since then and say, you know, I, I may go circle the block? No. He's married. He got married. Well, before that, before he got married. No. I moved. I moved to Atlanta. This moving was LA. Moving to do it. The phone still work. I don't you do long distance. Look, I got all the excuses. Excuse, I don't do no. I don't, I don't do, do no relationships. relationships. <laughs> yeah, no intent is ever you know circle during, the block. During that time, I was still coming into this. I was getting out. I literally had to work out this whole play thing that I had, yeah. you know. And I and when I started going through my healing journey, I realized, April, you didn't want to settle down like that especially during that time, because you had to really go through this healing journey. But like, like you said, for me, I didn't get promiscuous and I didn't get where I was reserved. It became, I'm going to hurt y'all the way you hurt me, but not from a, like in a relationship and going in trying yeah. to just be, it was more so if I'm walking down the street and I see you, it's like, oh yeah, that one. I said, girl, that one easy right there. You know, it, it was like that, you know, and it, it became a game, you know, for me. But thank God for delivering. No, let me ask you this. Has it, did it ever backfire on you? Never. Never. So you tell me it was never a situation where you, you did that and the guy got you caught up. Nope. Really? Here's the thing. If I, you can't get me caught up unless I want you to. Break that down. Explain to, to me. Explain see, to me. We have to give people power to do certain things. If I've ever been caught up with a man, it's because I chose to be, not because he manipulated or anything. No, I, I choose to engage in whatever this thing is that we're engaging with. But I, I was just not, I was not that woman back then. It was more so catch me if you can. I'm a butterfly. Catch me if you can. You know? And they would, and they would, they would try to conquer because they, they, but I just, I didn't have it. You know, I didn't, I didn't, I'm so thankful for who I have become because I look back at that. I'm like, girl, you were horrible. You were, but not, but not in a way that I was hurting people. It was more so because I wouldn't get deep with people. Yeah. You know, it was more in passing. It was not more, it was not, I'm about to get you, into You're just bruising their ego. That's all it was. Because no. they, they was like, let me, I can do this, I can do this. You was like, huh, no. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Something like that, yeah. Because yeah, at the end of the day, it's like, he hasn't invested in you that yes. much. Like When he started investing in, in you, buying you stuff, paying your car notes, doing all that stuff. Oh, we, you, we go together at that point. Yeah, so that's the thing. I'm a I'm a woman of love. So even when I was going through that, I knew I'm still a woman who loves love. So you ain't gonna, so you wouldn't even let a man do that unless Mm-mm. you were no. reciprocating no, no, no. from a love standpoint. Yes. So I understood every season in my life as an adult. I understood the season that I was in, and I operated accordingly. So what's the balance of allowing a guy to do for you? I call it the pick up your bag approach. Um, we're going to call that the, the proverbial bag because some guys will pick up a, a bag, a Chanel purse for you, or pick up mm-hmm. uh, your rent, like we said, or pick up, you know, some shoes or, or buy you stuff, take you on trips. When do you, what's the balance between allowing or not allowing guys to do that at certain stages of the dating or the pursuit of interest? You have to know what you, who you are, where you are, and what you can handle. Okay, because every woman can't handle a man doing all those things. I'm a woman that believes just because a man with money spends money on you, it doesn't mean he cares about you. Facts. He's used to spending money. Yep. But a busy man who actually gives you his time, 
That's the man you should be paying attention to. So you have to know where you are at that point. And at the back then, I was in my early, but I was in my late twenties, early thirties. You know, no, I was in my early thirties because that's why I got divorced in my thirties. So it was like, you know, I wasn't trying to do all of that. But when you start maturing, getting to know yourself, you know what you can and can't deal with. But it's understanding that a man is so much more than his wallet. And so I now you can't be broke now. We don't we don't do broke. Broke broke is not of God. Hey, April, why you say broke isn't of God? Because it's not. Why, where's that in the Bible? Protector. Oh, okay. Hold on. Let me wait. I'm not a Bible thumper, but I think over in Timothy it says, I think, I think. Ain't it? Is it one or two Timothy? I don't know. Say it. I don't, I don't know. Was it first Timothy? Is it first? Second Timothy? Okay. So I think it's somewhere in Timothy. It says, a man that does not take care of his family is worse than an infidel. Yeah, that's what it says. Okay. So I, I know it's somewhere in there. I do know but it that. It depends on what you call taking care of. You say you can't be broke. What does, yeah, let's, 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 let's monetize what broke is. What is broke to you? Um, this is what my grandfather taught me. Good. He said, a man, if you're going to take a man's last name, he has to be able to provide for you 100%. Now, it doesn't mean that you can't have your own. It doesn't mean that, you know, if you wanted to do something around the house, you can't. It doesn't mean that. And so for me, I start really researching marriage and the Institute of Marriage and how it came about and all of those, the ring and all of the licensing and all of that stuff. So this is how I feel about it, child. And this is humorous, but I'm for real. Come on, talk about it. Women were seen as property. Facts. The moment you put that ring on her finger, she becomes Mrs. Chad Johnson, Mrs., you know, Keith Roberts, right? Right. I became your property. A matter of fact, um, I posted it yesterday on my Instagram. A young lady just got engaged off of my trainings. And I, I, her wedding isn't until 2024. And I'm so used to, we've had a, like a 90, 95% success rate of our ladies going through our trainings, getting engaged and married within a year. So I'm like, 2024. And I said, do you mind telling me why 2024? She says, he has to have money to pay my dowry before he uh, can marry me. Country. Yes. And so I understood it. Yeah. So for me, listening to, I wish I would have listened to my grandfather when I got married, but I was in that, no, we can build together. What is she, African, Nigerian? What, what? She, uh, I don't remember what she is. I know she lives in Paris, but I'm not sure exactly what she is. She said to pay a dowry. No, she said a traditional, I think she said a traditional Haitian wedding, if I'm yeah. not mistaken in my message. But I'm just one of those that understand if you want me to take your last name, darling, darling. Ac according to Moses Mason. <laughs> Sound all biblical to Moses. Mo Mason. That, that's him. That, Moses that was my, Mason. that was my guy. He said a man should be able to provide for you. A hundred percent. A hundred percent. Doesn't mean you sitting around eating bonbons and all of this other stuff. It just means before you take his last name, because remember, a woman used to go from her father's house being 100 yeah. percent provided for yeah. to a husband. Why am I going to go over here and struggle with you and I can stay with my daddy? But with the way society has changed, and a woman is living on her own and got her mm -hmm. own situation, her own bills. Then is that still the case is that should that still be the culture in the it depends marriage? on it depends on that woman and that man like for instance 
I only date men who live by those standards. So I don't have that. I don't meet people that's, that don't do that. I, I, I date older men anyway. You know, they kind of, the OGs, yeah. they kind of, they, there's like, no, my woman don't pay for nothing. You know, I remember I remember, I tried to take someone um, that I was dating. I tried to take him. It was his birthday. It was Father's Day. And I got dinner. I was trying to surprise him. Do you know, by the time we got back home, he had snuck and went to the ATM. And when I went home, the money was back in my purse. He would not allow that. And I called him. I said, did you put money into my purse? He said, I didn't go in it. Your purse was open and I just dropped it in. I said, well, I took him to dinner and to a car show. He reimbursed you. Yep. Thank you. (laughs) Did you say thank you? Did you say thank you? Yes, yes, yes. Because he wasn't raised as a woman doing, spending her money like that. So is that a problem? For them, it was. I'm talking about for you, though. You wouldn't feel like, well, dog, I at least want to do something for you. said, no. Because you got to also understand the type of people that you date. I date men and have dated men who, for them, it's the thought that you wanted to do something nice for me. But I'm not thinking to sit here and let you pay for it. (laughs) And I'm like, well, honey, it's your birthday. It's it's your day. Mm -mm, Thank you. I got the check. And I've had... always had that happen. So I don't know this whole societal thing. And I think pe- women that want men that are providers, as such as what I'm say- talking about, they don't know how to be in that feminine space to attract those kind. Those men, they love the feminine woman. So you hear this whole 50-50 thing, and I don't know what that is because I don't deal with that. Because it's a whole other demographic of men that believe in being this protector and provider. But it's not that you can't have your own or that they're trying to control. It's just embedded in them that a man takes care of the household. So you say older. Do you have an age range? Child, they recently tried to hook me up with somebody 71. (laughs) But let me tell you this. I accidentally went out with somebody 72. Accidentally. After, after this, I'm gonna show you him. You're not gonna you're not gonna think he's 72. He said accidentally. It was accidentally. So he did a you on you, which you said I'm gonna no. introduce I'm gonna introduce myself to you, and then I'll reveal my age later, like you said yeah. about the job thing. Yeah, he did that. But we met at the gym, and I thought he was no more than 52 to 55. And so he he's always been sweet. He, he would spot me when, on the on the little machines. He showed me how to use them. And he was like, hey, bro, I would like to go out with you. And I said, you know what? I like that, too. He said, what are you doing this weekend? I said, whatever you say we're doing is what we're doing. Dang. Well, see, see, I told you, April, boy, she be got, she, April got game. Well, I didn't have anything I'm, to do, no. so I'm leaving it open for him you to said, choose something. whatever you say we're doing. It's what we're doing. And so we went out and... Um, I, he said, well, meet me at my house. I, I'm i a good judge of character and energy. And so he's the older man. He not going to do nothing. Child. You're working out the gym. He can, he can manhandle you. That part. Yeah. Well, uh, what really started letting me know the age. Now, he wanted a peacock. You know how y'all be peacocking. He wanted me to see the Mercedes and all the cars and things. It was around the holiday time. This This was probably about... Five years ago, holiday time, and I went by the house. It was a hot 
as all get out in there. And he had the, the you remember your grandmama, <laughs> the grandmama Christmas candies? He had the Christmas candies and the no, nuts. No, he did not have the little strawberry things. No, no. The, the, remember the can? It was Christmas time. Oh, the it, canisters. The can of, Christ, of Christmas candy. With all, they, they stuck together and you literally got to break them bad boys. So he had those. And then he had um, his, I could tell at that point. And so we went bowling. <laughs> <laughs> and he tried to kiss me and he went. And I was like, oh, my God, what are you doing? I th- what are you doing? He was like, I like you. you, you, you he, said, like, he, he, he I, said, use your words back. You said that we doing whatever you say we do. <laughs> <laughs> yes. It wasn't a love connection. Because um, what, what are you doing? What do you say? I like you. He said, I like you. He's like, come sit on my lap. And then immediately I'm like, oh, I feel like, like. <laughs> daddy, like he said, you went lap. from Zeddy to Daddy, <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, ah, I just it didn't feel right at that point because that's when he revealed to me his age. He said, "Go sit in my lap." Yeah, because we were bowling, and he, and the thing is, he wanted to he wanted to hold my hand everywhere we we, we went. So we were going somewhere, and I needed something on my stomach so I could take. My medicine. And so he said, what do you want? I said, oh, some fries. Let's go. Let's, can we go to Chick-fil-A and get some fries? He said, yes. I'm thinking he's going to the drive-thru. No, he wants to get out, hold my hand, parade me around just to go in Chick-fil-A to get some fries. I said, something is up. And that's what I found out later on. He told me, I said, how old are you? I said, because he said, how old do you think I am? I said, I, no more than like 55. He said, April, I'm 72. And it started to all make sense. And every time I would start seeing the candy, you start seeing the, start seeing the. It's this make it makes sense because he oh, he wanted all of my time. See, at that stage, they want to go to the jazz festivals, <laughs> they want to go on the cruises. <laughs> you cannot have a life with those because I'm like, well, and I was like, well, how old are your kids? He said, oh yeah, my daughter's your age. Really? <laughs> oh, I said, now how do, how does your daughter, your children feel like, you know, you dating somebody? Their age, as long as I'm happy, long as I'm happy. And then he said to me, the thing is, just in case you're wondering, everything works. And I was like, I don't need that visual. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, goodness. Just in case you're wondering. But here's the thing. It wasn't a love connection, but I passed men along. You hooked them up with somebody else? I did. Mm Mm-hmm. I did. <laughs> and, and are they still together? He didn't like her because she wasn't into fitness. And matter of fact, I asked him, and I did this a couple of times. I said, hey, I have an arsenal of women. You know, can you, I said, it's not a love connection between us. I do think you're a great guy, but I, our lifestyles, and that's something that I look for. Our life has to be in alignment. He ready to just explore the world. And at that time, mm-hmm. you know, my, everything was happening for me at the time. And I was actually filming a television show. And so I, I would tell him that I had, you know, I was going to set. He had called me three times that day. Well, where you, where you at? What you doing? I'm like, I didn't told this man. Either his memory gone or he just wants somebody to hang out with. He bored. So <laughs> I, hooked him up, I hooked him up with some older ladies. And he was like, make sure she don't look, she, she got to look right because yeah. he goes to the gym. And so I'm a woman that if it's, I go out with someone and it's not a love connection, I will hook them up with somebody else. I believe in that right there. Like I don't, I don't hold anybody yeah. hostage like that. Yeah, and I think it takes a lot of maturity to exactly. do that. Exactly. Um, and I've done that with several guys, and they're like, "What the girl gonna think?" I said, "Just, just act like we friends," because that's 
she don't have to know none of that other stuff. And to me, it's just women can be like, oh, he liked you first. Well, it's, like, it's so it's, childish to me. It's like, well, he seen me first. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. I that's mean, what... so but he might have liked you first if he would have saw you that's first. That's what I'm saying. I, I had a conversation with one of my friends about this. I'm like, well, I just don't like that. I said, why? I said, that is so immature. If mm -hmm. you met somebody before you met them, like you said, met you first, so you're gonna be like, "Well, I just don't like it that that you may have talked to somebody that I know." It'd be like, "Yeah, I don't care about that." Because <laughs> the one girl I did hook him up with, um, he kept calling me. He was like, "She keeps saying, well, so how you know April? So how you know April?'" I said, "Tell her I'm one of your daughter's friends." Get off my line. Tell her you wanted to buy your daughter's Because I thought they would have made her really cute oh, and they were more compatible because she had the free time. She was retired as well. And um, I just thought it would have been, you know. To tell him I want your daughter's Yeah. So he was like, that didn't work. I said, well, I got another one. Like, I will hook a man that I've gone out on a date with up real quick. Like, because I She's like, like I to see another. people connected. Yeah. You know, I like to see people because I understand the journey of love. I do. Yes, me too. And it's like the journey of love is like, I've talked to women over the past that I've congratulated when they found the person to get married. Yes. Because, you know, in the time, I know I'm not the one for them. Mm -hmm. So I, I can apply that. It's like, listen, I love love. So at the end of the day, if I'm the process before the promise, then so be it. Yes. Yeah, it's so be it. Hopefully you learn some things with me. Hopefully I learn some things from you to make you and we make each other better for the people that God has designed for us. I feel the exact same way, you know, and one of the guys, he actually got married recently and I, I coached him through that because um, he was like, April, she didn't do anything for me for my 60th birthday and my birthday is on... New Year's Eve or something like that, he was saying. And I'm like, well, you know, say this and say that. Do Find out what the deal is. Yeah. And so he went deeper with her and, you know, she cracked and shared, you know, got, got vulnerable. They got married last year. Wow. And um, he sent me a picture and I said, I am so happy for you because I know this is what you wanted. Yeah. This is what you wanted. And that 8,000 square foot house you got over there. I said, I'm glad you did not fool with any of these other ones. She's what you needed. She's in alignment with your lifestyle. Explain what you mean by that. Fool with the other ones. Well, see, the other ones, once we decided, you know, what not, he would call me about these other women all the time. He said, April, guess what? I said, tell me what happened, honey. <laughs> and um, they would like him because he was a he was a very successful man, had retired from the military after 25 years and was getting ready to retire from FedEx as a, he was in uh, more of a corporate position there. And women saw that big old house he had. And I remember it was his birthday and she didn't do nothing. And I had went over there and brought him some, some balloons. I said, open up the door. You got a delivery. <laughs> and so I just wanted to make him feel special, yeah. you know, cause at that point it was strictly platonic. And so that was my first time seeing the house. I said, oh, I see why well, well, they're trying to get over here. The landscaping, he did his, himself. I mean, the house was, he said, I said how, many, how big is this house? He said, oh, about 8,000 square feet. And it's just him. He said, well, come here, let me show you something. He said, this is the room that I created for my wife. This is going to be her vanity room. And I said, oh, that's so sweet. He said, yeah, I want her to have her own space. So he was preparing 
himself for that. And then he met this other the young lady that he's married to now. When he met her, he sent me a picture of her. He said, what do you think? I said, oh, she's beautiful. Um, I said, what does she do? I was asking questions. And so um, they start having some rocky times. And I'm like, oh, I think you need to vet her just a little bit longer because I think she might be more in alignment with the lifestyle that you're looking for. And he did. And they got married last year. How long was the dating? How long was the courtship? Less than a year. That's my track record. I don't, that, that's always been my track record. And people say, how do you help people get engaged and married in a year? I said, with women, I teach them how to embra- embrace their femininity. Say, it's not about the man. The Embracing your femininity will attract the type of man you want. Now, you can. Uh, there's a difference between attracting and entertaining. Mm. And I think people don't understand that. Say, I'm not it. responsible for what I attract, but you're responsible for what who you, you choose in, to entertain. entertain. And I always use this analogy, like this cup right here. This cup has is water in it. Right. In here, it has good men, bad men, and different men, and all kind of other things in here. Based upon where you are will determine what you're going to pull out of here. It doesn't mean good men don't exist. They in here. You're just not in alignment with them in, in order to attract them. I mean, or to entertain them. So you're not even going to pull that out. You're going to pull out somebody that is a mirror to what you are versus what you say you want. Because think about it. How many of us were actually prepared to be married? Or did we just get out here? Our hormones hormones all over the place. I like you. You like me. Oh, my mm-hmm. God. We just so much love. Yep. Let's get married. Yeah. And some of us wasn't even in love. I, I wasn't in love or anything when I got married. Right. I was taught if he loved God, he'll love you. They didn't teach me about chemistry, compatibility, lifestyle, yep. standards, and values. As long as God, he was, that's it. that's it. That's it. And so I had to learn. No, there's more to that because even with um, our lifestyles, I learned after we married, he wanted to live on like 90 acres of land. And I'm like, oh, no, I'm from California, honey. This is not what we what. what what are we going to do over there with no neighbors? <laughs> like, what are we doing? <laughs> so we didn't, I didn't even know to ask those questions. It was, he loves God. And that should be enough. Right. And so I teach differently. I, te- I teach my ladies. And I always ask them, okay, so you say you're ready for a wife. You're ready for your Boaz. But you have done nothing to prepare for him. You're prepared to be a business partner, mm. but you're not prepared to be a wife. What's the difference? All these degrees that they go hard for, and nothing wrong. Ladies, understand, there's, I'm not saying anything is wrong with that, but the same effort that you put into climbing the corporate ladder, getting your business off the ground, doing what you got to do, being a boss. I can't stand that phrase. Boss I was about shit. to ask you what you think about the I, t- term boss shit. I, can't, I don't like it because the energy that comes behind it. What's the energy? Here's the deal. When was the last time you heard a woman say, oh, my God, Lateris, I am such a boss chick. I'm like, really, really a boss chick? I'm a bad <laughs> B. You know, this is who I am. Or is it I'm a boss? Yeah. It's, it's the more energy. Than, yeah, it's the energy. It's the energy that's different. Because you don't, you don't, you can't say I'm a boss. <laughs> like, and somebody take you serious like that. You, because when women say I'm a boss, yeah, they, be like, they oh, want yeah. you to know I've accomplished this. Yeah. I did this without a man. Yeah. I, nobody gave me no handouts. Yeah. It's that energy. You know, I train women in business to be feminine CEOs. That's the queen and princess energy that we spoke about earlier. I trademarked that, y'all. Don't be trying to use that. 
I was just about to take it. No, it's trademark, baby. Now we talked about that Listen, my trademark attorney gets so upset with me. I text her all all night, search this, and then if it's not taken, trademark that. I got so many trademarks that I'm not even using just yet. You said feminine CEO? Feminine CEO, yes. And so I train women, especially women that are like myself. We're successful. We have businesses, multiple businesses. Um, We are running things. However, we are women in business, not business women. That's a difference. That's a big difference. And so I teach them to be successful, to be able to walk in a room, and you don't have to make an announcement that you are that girl. It was a question that we just got away from. I'm trying to remember. I had asked you to go to break down the difference between something, and I can't rack my brain. I'm racking my brain about it. You sure did. And then we went to this ball stuff. It's going to come to me hopefully later. You remember yeah. what it was? Not yet. It was something. It was <laughs> the difference between, I said, break that down from the, before the CEO. It was about the type of women. The uh, 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 It's going to come. Yeah, it's coming. In. It's, it's going to come to me. Gosh, I remember. Because that was good. Um, so when we start talking about the, um, Gosh, my brain is stuck over there. I want to say it, and I can't remember. Okay, I'm going to think. I'm going to think. Too. Yeah. I'm going to think, too. <laughs> well, I'm going to spin it somewhere else, and then we'll okay. come back to it, because it's going to come. Was that thunderstorm? Yes, it said it was supposed to. Uh, I, I looked at the weather before I got here, oh, okay. and it said it's supposed to get a little ugly. No, I don't need to get nothing. Um, <laughs> so so when you talk about, let's go back to when you were married. What was some, What was, What did you learn coming out of your marriage? What What, what did you learn about you? What I learned about me is that I needed to have boundaries, self-esteem. I never really spoke up for myself I, because of what I got my past. Called, I was silenced a lot as a, as a child. And so I didn't, I didn't speak up a lot. I walked on eggshells in my marriage. So one of the things that's very important to me being with a man is to feel seen and heard Mm -hmm. and not shut down all the time. And loyalty is up there like oxygen. Like that, we talked about that earlier. Yeah. Loyalty is, I promise you. Explain, I want you to break that down about loyalty. How did that come? You had an aha moment about how the importance of uh, loyalty and how did that come about? So when I was married, um, we were on the rocks and we were trying to figure out what we were going to do. And so at that time, my background is in commercial credit. I wrote an ebook of all about business credit back in 2006. My first ebook was in 2003, honey. I was doing the ebook in it before it was ebook. For real? I'm like, how'd yes. you learn to do that? I'm a researcher at heart. And so um, we were on the rocks. And in my office, where my office was, there was a girl next door who did personal credit. I dealt with business credit. So because we were on the rocks, and she asked him, how does your wife do what she do? Because he needed something from her to get his personal credit right, he told the secrets of my business. I didn't find that out until we got back together, but in that moment, I completely lost respect. Fast forward, I was in a long-term relationship. Y'all just didn't know it on the internet. Y'all didn't even know when I was married on the internet because I don't be sharing, child. I be making y'all think what I want you to think of it. That's what I, I had my boy Apion Crockett on the show, and, and he was like, ain't nothing their business. He was talking about, he said, I could be in a relationship right now. I could be married right exactly. now. Who knows? I could be married. I could have been married for 10 years. It was so funny. He was yes. like, mind your business. Mind your business. Well, you know, my thing with that is this. Don't pay attention to my relationship. Look how long my receipts are with everybody else. Because at, when you go to the doctor, you look at, you don't look at their health. You look at how many people they've helped. You don't look at the chef's kitchen 
at his house to see if he could cook for you. Like I said earlier, you don't look at the, 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 the man got in college. Let me check your vagina first, sir, <laughs> before you tell me what this is I'm dealing with for my, my, my yearly pap, sir. Can I see your... You don't do that. So I believe that when we... Those of us are, and then, you know what? Nobody ever asked T.D. Jakes how the heck he know how to help us get loose. He had a whole series. And I love me some T.D. Jakes. He will shake us loose. He had, he had thousands of women coming to the conference showing them how to get loose. And he was on point. You said nobody ever asked him how he learned how to get loose. Yeah. So I believe God gives wisdom. Oh, God. To who he chooses. Bishop, how'd you learn to get loose? How, yeah, I need, I need to know. How did you? Because you be on point, Bishop. Bishop be going hard, boy. But... But what I learned that is true though. Yeah, woman, thou art loose. Yes, <laughs> and thousands for years. Nobody questioned that. They just want to get loose. You don't care how. Just I need to get loose. Facts. But in my marriage, it was um, it was the loyalty thing. So I was in a long term relationship, and um, he was disloyal because he let an enemy come sit down with him mm-hmm. and break bread of mine. He said, "Well, she just wanted to tell me what happened." I don't give two rats behinds. Nobody can come have a conversation with my man about my man to me, especially me knowing that. So that's when I start realizing, okay, April, this is a core need of yours. Yeah. You know, you'll but start. But you said that happened in your, in your relationship. And then it, ha- it well, it triggered. So it started off in, in the my marriage, marriage and mm-hmm. then it resurfaced in the mm-hmm. relationship. And that's what brought back the importance of a core belief is, or a core need for you is loyalty. Yeah. Loyalty is because I am. Like, I'm the friend that, you ain't do it. <laughs> you gonna hide the body. I'll be like, no, he didn't know. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. Now, what would you do if you had an extra hour in your day? Would you take up a new hobby, catch up on some sleep, complete reading the book you've never had time to finish, but always promised that you would? Did you know the best way to squeeze that special thing into your schedule is by knowing what's important to you and making it a priority? Therapy can help you find what matters to you so you can do more of it. I couldn't have become the person I am today without therapy, to be honest with you. My vulnerability and transparency were cultivated in therapy and it served as a foundation in which the beloved Dear Future Wifey podcast was built. Now, as you know, relationships of all kinds are important to me. Therapy helps with learning positive coping skills, managing expectations of myself and others, and most importantly, establishing healthy boundaries. Oh boy, life is stressful, ain't it? Now, therapy is a safe space to recalibrate and recenter. Now, can I be transparent with you? Since the inception of this podcast, I've always wanted to do this right here for better help. Why? Because so many of you reach out to me seeking referrals for therapy services after each episode. My heart has been overwhelmed by the outpouring of you desiring help to show up better in life. And guess what? I believe the world is a better place with better help. It's entirely online, too. Designed to fit your schedule. Learn to make time for what makes you happy with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash Wifey today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash Wifey. 
Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. And you can get in the car. And I'm like, why did you, God, why you got us in this foolish? Why would you put in front of everybody? Nah, bro. What? <laughs> what? I have no idea what you're talking about. And I noticed my oldest grandchild, she's like that. She she will ride for her mama no matter what. I'm like, Leah, I saw your mama do it. And Granny, I don't know. <laughs> and she will go, she will ride with her. But your granddaughter I, like that? Oh my God. How old is she? Eleven. And, and she'll she, do that. She's been that way about her mama. Her mama could have just bust a window. No, I didn't I didn't see nothing. <laughs> <laughs> you just went to the whole mall and bust your mama just bust out every last window. I'm I'm sorry, Grammy, but I didn't see nothing. You were standing with her. My eyes. Someone was in my eyes. <laughs> <laughs> little eleven year old. Yes. And she's been doing this she since she was little. Get stitches. That's yes. what she said. She's not on. Now she'll tell on you, just not her mama. Her mama. Oh no, she not. She'll tell on everybody else, but her mom. No, she didn't do that. She, she I didn't said, see that. Ride or die for her mama. I was asleep. Um, but yeah, that's how I learned what my you know my core need was when it comes to you know, loyalty. And another thing that I learned in my marriage was, well, I didn't learn this in my marriage. I actually learned this um, from the ladies in my life growing up. So one of the things my ex-husband and I went to counseling about, <laughs> he didn't understand how we could have a disagreement and I he would still have to sleep with his wife and feed me. He would, he go would to, still have to sleep with his wife. That's your job. Because yeah, it's I mean, my why, job, right? Who's who going to get mad about, what guy going to get mad about having to sleep with you? Well, here's the thing. When you mad, mad, y'all know when y'all mad with us, y'all be mad, mad. And when we, he, we would have disagreements, see, I, I evaluate things like this. It's the level of the disagreement. If it's not anything that's detrimental to us, you didn't put your hands on me, we're not dealing with no other, you know, outside people, it's a disagreement. Yeah. So I'm not leaving. So, honey, I would go down to the basement, um... I'm hungry. You hungry? Yeah. Well, what you gonna cook? Nothing. We need to go to dinner. What you mean? We need. I need you to take me to dinner. <laughs> and he would take me to dinner, and he'd be so mad. You just he said you you a brat. Well, yeah. I I told you that when we met. I'm I'm very bratty, and but honey, I'm I'm hungry. And then afterwards, I'm like, and I would tell him. Because I would stand right at the door in the garage, in the basement. He would go down to the so basement. He, so he went to the basement when he got mad. He would go to the basement when he got mad. And I would stand right there at the door. Honey, I'm hungry. And then I said, you need to have sex with your wife, too. <laughs> He's like, what? I'm like, you can come back down here. But, but you're going to give me something right now. Yeah. So he would take me to eat. And he'd be mad the whole time. I said, so you're going to be mad, mad? 
are you mad? Are you mad, mad? What like what level of mad are you? He's like, see, you play too much. I said, I'm not playing. I'm dead serious. Like we're this is this is a disagreement. You, we mad about something that we disagreed on, but I'm still your wife. Facts. Period. I'm not going anywhere. You know yeah. until we decide. We both decide that. So. You have to feed me. You have to have sex with your wife, and you are more than welcome to go back to the basement. He wouldn't stay in the basement. Of course not. I think I gave some. He like, I'm gonna go ahead and lay up here. He wouldn't even remember why we was mad. <laughs> but that's one of the things that I learned about me early they on. They should teach that in marriage counseling. Really? I say should teach that. Oh. Yeah, yeah, they should teach that to say that at the end of the day, it's like, how long do you want to be mad? Like, I'm one of them type yeah. of people that I don't like being upset. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. It's like, it's like I try to get back to happy. My whole thing is how can I get back to happy? If it's a disagreement, it's just a disagreement. Let's laugh and let's get back. Yeah. You know, it's like, it don't, that stuff it, yeah. don't be that serious to me. And he he couldn't under and he said it in counseling. He said, I don't understand how she does that. And the counselor was, looked at me like for an answer. I said, because he's still my husband. So I don't understand why I wouldn't do that. Facts. Like, like I don't understand. It, it just didn't make, you know, sense to me. And I was also the woman that I'm pretty agreeable. Now, let me clear that up for y'all real quick. When you vet a person, you're not going to be looking for somebody that you're going to argue with all the time. Hopefully not. Hopefully not. You're looking for someone whose lifestyle whose standards and values and even some way of way how they process information is a taint a little bit like yours. Facts. So I was not very, I wasn't disagree. I'm not a disagreeable woman because I'm choosing the men that I'm choosing to engage with. Yes. I'm not going to choose somebody that we just going, we going to argue all the time. And I know that your personality and mine don't mesh, but because you find I'm a, I'm a, no, I, I don't do that. That's why I say women, don't vet properly. I vet to the point it's like, okay, let me see if our lifestyles align. Let me see how he processed this. Let me see what he thinks about it. Let me see his circle of friends and how they view marriage. Yeah. Like I have a I just taught a class Saturday called How to Vet the Art of Vetting a Man. And I broke 20 things down that most women overlook. Give me give me about three of. Well, one of them is what I just said. They don't vet their friends. They don't look at, they don't ask about previous relationships, not in a way of, so why y'all break up? No, it, they don't, act, they ask from trying to see if he was at fault. I'm saying ask, so what did you learn from your previous relationship? How would you have changed that? What could you have done better? If he says it was all on her, I'm out of there. Yep. Box my food up because <laughs> yep. I'm gone. Yep. And then another one would be to see, a lot of women want these men that are traditional men. You have to ask and inquire. Why y'all talking about, I want a man that's going to take care of everything mm -hmm. and da, da, da. And you mad because of you keep me 50-50 men? Because you are not vetting the type of man, vetting the man to see if that's what he is. That's why I said earlier, I've never had a problem with men wanting to take care of yeah. because I vet men to see if they have traditional values like I do. And when they don't, okay. It was wonderful. I got somebody I want you to meet because she's not traditional either. She believe in pulling her weight. So y'all y'all work well, well together, you know. So I believe in vetting. I just, I believe in knowing who you are and knowing what you want. And then from there, you can get your core needs. We talked about that earlier, the 80-20 rule. Yeah. 
And I don't believe in that the way everybody else does. Explain to the people what the 80-20 rule is. It's typically if you get 80% of what you want, why don't leave for the 20%. And I have a little different point of view. What is the April Mason theology? The April Mason theology is if you give me 80% of what I want but not the 20% of what I need, it's still not going to work. <laughs> because my core need, your core needs is in that 20% because the statement has been if you have 80% of what you want, want and need are different. So if your presence, like there's nothing sexier than a man's presence that heals, nothing that he's doing, nothing that he's saying, but his mere presence heals that little part of you that needs to heal. It's something about that. Well, I'm very aware that that man is going to annoy me at some point. I'm not looking at that. The fact that your presence heals as, oh my God, you're just so dreamy. no. I'm going to get on your nerves at some point. You're going to get on mine. But what happens is because my the core needs that I have to make me feel safe, seen, and hurt, you have that, it'll make me have to, why can't you put the toilet seat down? Yeah. Why you got to chew like that? It, it'll make me be, allow me to be able to deal with it. He can do all of these things. But at the end of the day, what I need from him, he got it. He just happened to be a little bit messy, you know? <laughs> you know, that's good because... <clears throat> People are looking for perfection a lot mm -hmm. instead of looking for progress and those core values of what that person truly needs from that individual. You said if his mere presence heals mm -hmm. you, then how are you going to get upset about he throwing his clothes on the floor? You know what I'm saying? That's, yeah. that's so petty. It's so petty yeah, to the it's bigger a, thing. Yeah, it's annoying. Yeah. But it's like, babe, so this this is what we're doing? Like, we, you, you put your clothes on the floor. Just... Is this where you would like them to stay? What do you think about that <laughs> statement? You said his mere presence heals you. Mm. What about the fact that, what do you think about the ideology that we should all be quote unquote healed before we meet our purpose? I partner? don't believe that. And I don't believe that because if you needed to be healed before someone's sent to you, that means there's no room for God to work. If you're not used to a good man in your life, you won't know it until he shows up. And see, this is what I tell folks all the time. I say, yes, my content and information and courses, they're fantastic. But guess what? It's not until you meet somebody that you have to test out what Miss April taught you and you have to determine, is it a red flag or if it's fear? I said, so all of this, I'm waiting and I don't want to get into anything until blah, blah, blah. Okay. The moment you venture out and you get involved with someone, everything that you've been training yourself on and learning, you got to see if it's actually set in. I said, so whether it's my content or anybody else's, don't just sit there and hold it. You have to test it. I'm not saying you don't have to, you have to test it with everybody, but you have to test it. I said, anyway, as a woman, if you have your femininity, your spirituality and your sensuality all in place, that is your GPS because your, your spirituality will give you that discernment. And when I say spirituality, I'm not talking about church. People think they're spiritual because they go to church. But I said it earlier, and y'all going to get mad at me, but I've been doing this a long time. The easiest women to get played are the church women. Those are the ones when I was coaching that would just have these horrible stories. And I'm like, girl, why are you, you over there at the, the Jesus house? Aren't you not? Did you say at the Jesus house? Yes. Aren't you not <laughs> practicing what you're being taught? Like, what? What is it like? How, how is are you having these horrible situations, but yet 
your your Bible says something different, like about who you are. You you know, you say my father. Would your father want you treated like this? Facts. Would your father even allow this man to even be in his presence? Like to say, no, nah, you ain't dating my daughter. Right. Why don't you value yourself like your father does? Mm. Right. And so I would deal with so much heartbreak, you know, from women in church all the time. It was it was mind boggling to me because they thought that because they went to church that they were spiritual. Well, I'm going to wait for God to send me a man. I'm like, you have no discernment, sis. You, you don't because look at your pattern. You've been waiting and a man came along. I said, but because you're not accustomed to having good men around you on a consistent basis, the first time one comes, it's like, oh, girl, let me lock him in. But when you're accustomed to a thing, it's it's a part of your, your regular lifestyle. So I saw that all the time. So you and I discussed this before um, for the people in the back. Uh, <laughs> you've been single <laughs> intentionally <laughs> until this season. Yes. What is this season for you? I'm excited about love. And I've never said that publicly. Um, I've been a great dater. Like the reason why my dating academy was so successful, because I was in the vein of that. Yeah. You know, that's where I was at. Well, what happened was I wasn't interested in getting married, not because I couldn't, but I realized now there was an assignment I had to complete. Right. And so they were like, what's the assignment? (laughs) So here's the deal. I, my grandmother may told us that she sold all of the property and land that my grandfather left. Now, mind you, what I'm, what I'm sharing, I didn't know this stuff and why I was moving toward this way all of this time. So I was sent to visit family in another state in the Midwest. And I was like, oh, it's so dreadful here. Oh, child, it's depressing. What, Right. When I left, I had to go do Super Bowl. It was like five days I was gone. But in that time, another voice said, you got to go back. I'm like, okay, what do I have to go back to this depressing place for? I go back at the end of February. But mind you, in November, I was feeling, I know when God is leading me to do something. I felt like it was time to leave Atlanta. I just didn't know why. It, It wasn't there for me anymore. It was like 20 years. Okay. Well, I go back to this, this city, this to the Midwest but a different set of eyes that time during that time. And I end up purchasing a home, not intentionally. And I'm like, why am I doing this? Like, why? It just felt right. I saw multiple homes, but I was looking for a home for my brother. And because I told him, you're a general contractor. If I, we buy some fixer uppers, you can do all yeah. this stuff with it. Cause the homes were very inexpensive, but I got a text message from the realtor and said, April, this is the one. And I'm like, oh, I got to go to the airport, but I went to go look at it anyway. And it was a lot of people there looking at the house. And I walked in and it just felt right. And I'm like, okay, it feels some sort of way. What What is this that I'm feeling? When I was leaving, it was a ton of people there. And I texted the realtor back and I said, this is the one. And he said, well, you know, it's going to be a bidding war for this house. And I said, yeah. I said, make it a cash offer. He said, are you sure? I said, yes. I don't know why I was doing this, but I was like, yeah. And then from there, he says, I'll, I'll do it. 
if you're sure. I'm like, I just told you four yeah, times. I ain't making this up. Like, okay. Well, the, the seller came back and said, well, if she comes up to the asking price, then we might consider it. I said, I don't like that language. If I'm paying you cash yeah. for this house, it has to be absolute. Yep. So I purchased the house. The next day, they accepted it, which was that Saturday. So the offer went on Friday. The next day, Saturday... They accepted it. Immediately after that, I heard a voice say, now you can get married. I didn't know what that meant. I'm like, huh? Because I wasn't really pressed because I had a fun date in life. I'm like, well, how can get married? And I sat in that. And um, two days later, the answer came. My grandmother, like I said, she said before she died, she made the mistake of selling all of the property and land my grandfather left for us. So our family didn't own anything. And I could not, being a married woman, take almost $200,000 out of my married household to go um, establish my legacy for yeah. my grandkids and my kids. It would have been two visions in the house. Right. I am the last Mason granddaughter with that last name. Yeah. I couldn't have done that as April, anybody else. So I'm like, this is crazy. So I'm sitting there on my bed and I'm like, okay, okay. Am I sure? And, you know, sometimes you still question. Yeah, yeah. Well, when I went to the house, uh, I got the keys. When I went to closing, I met the, my neighbor. She came over. She brought me a banana nut cake. Everybody knows that's my favorite outside of pound cake. And she gave me her name. She had to be probably in her late 60s, early 70s. And she said, well, here's a cake. Welcome to the neighborhood. Um, and here's my phone number. She wrote her phone number and her hus her name and her husband's name on there. Her husband's name is Bill Wells. Bill Wells is my grandmother's father's name. It was like the ancestors were saying, "You did right. This is what you were. You did what you were supposed to do." Because I was like, "Why am I making these moves in this little Hallmark town? Ain't nothing out here. I got it. Take me an hour to get to the airport. Like, what is this?" But it was like the confirmation came when I looked at that paper and saw my grandfather, my great grandfather's name on that paper. I'm like. This is crazy. And so it's like what we what you said. I had to go reclaim yeah. what we lost. And so I could not have done that as a married woman. Now, I've never been so excited about settling down. Like, I've never, as much as I do and for other women helping them, I've never been excited about me because I wasn't, it was something always keeping me from locking in. Didn't mean I didn't mean, I met wonderful men, but... Now I realize I had to complete that assignment, if that makes sense. When you think about, um, so let me ask you this. So you want to get married again? I do. I think I'd make a bomb wife. <laughs> Why do you want to get married? You know what? I understand the importance of marriage. I understand amplifying together. I understand, like, I believe our race is the only race that does not understand the benefits of marriage. We're the only ones. Only ones. That don't get it. So I, I've always understood that. I was the woman that said, I know what to do, so I'm going to put this information on the shelf until I'm ready for it, until I'm released to use it. But I'm going to share this information with other women, which is why we have thousands of women getting engaged and married in a year, because the information worked. I just wasn't released to use it. And no matter how great a man was that came my way, it was, I just... I couldn't lock in. Like, I just couldn't. And now I totally get it. But marriage to me is so sacred to me. It's something that we have to leave what I call a love legacy 
we leave money, we leave recipes, we leave trauma, but do we leave a blueprint for love? We're that, not taught to do that. That's good. Let that sell right there. A love <laughs> legacy. Yes. The reason why that's so important, the reason why that's hidden is because um, when I look over my own family, there was no model of love. Yes. There was no reference mm-hmm. for love. There was, it's just, it was just nothing. It was not like, oh, I want to love a woman the way my daddy loves my mom. And I love how mm-hmm. it, it didn't exist. I mm-hmm. had to reimagine. I had to rediscover. Yes. Um, I had to tap into God who is love mm-hmm. to extract his principles and read first Corinthians 13 and be like, love is patient. Love is kind. Love, you know, love keeps no record of wrong, you know, that type stuff to be yes. like, wow, this is, this is love. This yeah. is deep. And then unpack uh, the seven types of love, yes. you know, and like, okay, this is love. Okay. I was focusing so much on Eros there and, and, and filet love, which is friendship love, but there's agape love. There's, there's just all these different types mm-hmm. of love. And it's like, okay, now I really want to understand what it means when you truly say, I love you. Exactly. I didn't have a, I didn't have a, the blueprint that I could have had, like my mother, she wasn't a strong independent woman. My mother was on the other end of the spectrum. She was more of the passive, but she was always feminine though. She always have been. She just didn't utilize part of what comes with femininity, which is boundaries and self-love. So femininity is just is so much more than how you dress. Femininity has nothing to do with anything that you can actually put on. You femininity can't be bought at the beauty supply store. It's none of that. It's not if a woman use a curse word, oh, she's not feminine. That, it's none of that. It's not etiquette. It's not decorum. You know, it's not uh, class at all. Um, femininity is like Mother Nature. Mother, we see, we hear what Mother Nature doing right now. Outside, yeah, right? it's raining, it's the thundering, and all that stuff. But even with all of that thundering and lightning that it's doing and causing catastrophe and destruction. Mother Nature is still soft and gentle and will still provide for you, will still nurture you, will still, you know, be that safe space for you. However, Mother Nature is also destructive. Mother Nature will also cause all kind of recall, kind of havoc. Femininity is dark. Think about when your most vulnerable moments are. They're at night in the dark. That's what femininity is about vulnerability. And we get that at night. I don't remember what religion it what it is, but their symbol of the uh, femininity is a jaguar because of how it moves in the night. And so we think of femininity as, oh, it's soft, it's pink, it's dresses and all. No, femininity has boundaries. You know, you can't just cross over these boundaries. Femininity is not weak. Femininity feels, we live in an unbothered culture right now. You know, femininity it, and being in your emotions as a woman is the gatekeeper, gate key to a man's heart. Yeah. We have the emotions as the spirituality and we lead you all to that. But how can we lead you to that if we're not it? So women have completely shut down that part of themselves to, to, to where it's now, well, I'm a good wife because... I have all of these things, but the very thing that, in my opinion, you guys crave is that feminine part Facts. that we have suppressed. Yep. So now you're trying to uh, give him this 
paperwork, this yep. what you look good on paper, but if you're not in tune with your own emotions, feelings, vulnerability, your vulnerability, and being able to just, like I said earlier, I just break out and start crying for no reason. And how can you give that to a man when that's the thing he craves? He's not craving your paycheck. He's not craving um, your intellectual degrees. degrees. Those are added bonuses. Those are needed, but that's not what makes you a feminine woman. When the last time have you felt, sis? When the last time have you said, I really don't feel good? When somebody asks you how you're doing, you didn't say, I'm fine. You actually went within and said, hold on, let me, let me actually feel how am I feeling before I answer this question? Why do you walk so fast in the store? What you in a hurry for? When was the last time you did self-care? And I'm not talking about self-maintenance. Self-maintenance is the outward. Self-care is the inward. When was the last time? So how can you give yourself to a man? Mm. Even Esther went to prepare herself to be before the king. She wasn't doing it strictly trying to, I mean, she wasn't doing it trying to get no degrees. When was the last time you actually went through, let me prepare like Esther did for my king? We're not taught that. That's good. April, I can talk to you all day. <laughs> Likewise, love. Because my mind be going, I be like, wow, this and is I saw dope. you over there thinking. <laughs> yeah, because I be thinking about just the process, the process before the promise, the yes. to create that space. Because a lot of women right now, I can just hear them in the spirit <laughs> typing. Men don't provide that space yes. for a woman to become feminine. And... Matter of fact, you, yeah. you respond to that. Your femininity isn't for a man, it's for you. And that's what I want you to say. And that's why I teach femininity separate from the man. So the women that were in my dating academy, we combined it. But overall, my message about femininity is it has nothing to do with my, my grandbaby has femininity. Yeah. She, but she don't have no man. Yep. She bet not. <laughs> but so femininity is for you first. It puts you in a position to get whatever you want from, from the abundance in your life. I always say feminine women are never broke. And the reason why is because if you can create a baby in your womb, you can create money on demand. Part of femininity is creativity. But a lot of times we're so far on the left brain with the focus and um, doing versus the right brain, which is being that's why the book is identity switch, becoming the woman who gets what she wants and not trying to use strategy. And that's what I see a lot now um, with content creators teaching strategy on how to get what you want. And I'm saying when you become that feminine woman, you naturally draw whatever you want to you. So, sis, if you broke, you're not in your femininity and you got to get to that. But I will say this. I'm just hitting the mic. I will say this. And this is for the fellas. Let me say this to you because I I go hard on the ladies because I understand the power we have. But I got to say this to the fellas. If you have never experienced a feminine woman, you will mishandle her because you she's a new energy for you. Mm-hmm. So a lot of people, men are saying, I want a feminine woman who's X, Y, and Z. Well, if you haven't prepared yourself to receive her because she's not going to have that drama like that. She ain't going to be going back and forth. She's going to walk away from your tail the moment you start the others because we have to we have to <laughs> protect our femininity. Yeah. And so if you're used to drama and you're used to um, 
men, uh, women being that strong, independent, pushing back all the time. You and your and your toolbox. You don't think she don't care because she's not being combative. Yes, and you don't have anything to pull from to be able to receive her. So I will say that to the fellas. Make sure you're prepared for what you're asking for. Because a feminine woman, is she? oh, she's submissive. One of the things that I hate is the submissive conversation. Why? Because, because see, femininity naturally acquiesce to masculinity. There it is. You know, if I ever hear a man talking about women are not submissive, I already know you are not that masculine safe place for her. You are not that alpha dude that you think you are because our bodies just naturally, when we enter the room, just naturally does that. I was in Olive Garden and there was this, my waiter, he was this big guy and his energy said, all oh, man. And I normally sit with my back so I could see the door and he walked by me and I said, excuse me. I said, I can tell that if something goes down in here today, you're going to make sure we all are taken care of. He said, I got you, little lady. In that space, this stranger I didn't know had that energy. I was able to eat my food in peace and not feel like I got to watch everything. Who made you say that? I felt him. I felt him. It's 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 a fe- People don't understand. It's a feeling It's a, that you feel. Like I tell people, don't take what I say. Feel me. You will feel the energy when I come in the room. So it'll I mean, tell What made you, you say that to him? Was it something that you felt like you was in an area that you should no. be alarmed or something? No, it's as women, we we are have to protect ourselves. And we, ha- we are targeted just because we have a vagina. We are always in mo- protection mode. So for me to be sitting there just being a woman, that man, his energy said, I got you, allowed me to sit back and enjoy all you can eat. Super salad, yeah, super salad yeah. and breadsticks. So it's it's that energy of a man that allows us because to to rest because we're targeted every time we leave that. Y'all not targeted like that. Yeah. You know, true enough, you're men in this world, but nobody's kidnapping you because of your yeah. sexual parts. Nobody is out here telling you you are less than because you are a weaker vessel. Nobody's doing that to you. So we can be on guard quite a bit, but this is where you have to, as a woman say, I am safe in my body. I am safe in my environments. And you have to repeat that to yourself and sit still in that. I am safe is what you have to do. (sighs) So you got tons of courses that, that talk about this. Um, Let's talk about what are you offering right now? I said, do not come on the Dear Future Wifey podcast <laughs> and not have a product available. You're like, well, we're still transitioning the site yeah, to this, we and are. we're we're migrating from my old platform to this. I said, he wouldn't I let me do that, that, y'all. I said, I don't care about all the nothing that I said because because this is really this is close to home for me. Yeah. So, like I said, this podcast is my personal journey and I understand the power of a woman operating in her femininity is such strength. Yeah. A lot of times women, you have women that feel like the masculine energy is what protects them, mm-hmm. but the mask, the feminine energy can disarm the person that you trying to feel protected from. Absolutely. Very well said. Absolutely. And, we just have to learn. I think if we've learned how to trust ourselves, that femininity, that spirituality, and that sensuality, if a woman gets so refined in those three areas, she's a force to be reckoned boy, with. Boy, Because Let you have it something. all. 
So I said, have something. Take one of your courses, do something. Put, what what yeah. course are we offering today? Today, um, because of your platform, I think one the one that would be most valuable is called Black Woman Reset, How to Reclaim Your Femininity. What would people learn from that? The main thing women will learn is, first of all, why their femininity has been blocked and why they haven't been using utilizing it. Also, how to take down from the strong, independent black woman role, as well as I get it, ladies. I get it. But Miss April, I had to be yep. in the role. See, here's the thing. You can wear a hat multiple ways. Hmm. You never hear a man raising children say too often, I'm mom and dad. Uh, too often, never. I always say, <laughs> I, I got three kids. Not, nobody ever said Happy Mother's Day to me. Yes. You know what I'm saying? And yes. if you did, you know, I don't even curse, but you might get cursed out. I am not a mother. <laughs> right. Uh, but then Father's Day, as it comes around, people going to be like, you know, people going to be posting, talking about, you know, I need to be say Happy Father's Day. I'm a I'm the father and the mother. And it's like, yeah. no, you're just no. the mother. You're never no. going to be the father. I'm never going to be the mother. I don't no. deserve Mother's Day uh, as a single father. And you, I don't know if you noticed, but a man never becomes over feminine because the mother isn't around the same way a woman becomes overly masculine because we've had to protect and provide for ourselves. And I get it. However, there's multiple ways to wear a hat. You can still be that. And I'm going to, I'm in the course, I talk about how I learned how to do that with my own son and how I had to learn to stop yelling. And I watched my son's masculinity rise up and be more protectors when I sat back and been and became that that feminine woman. Oh, that's dope. You saw that I transition. Saw I saw it. I was able to see it. And I learned how to put myself first. And I talk about that in the course as well because I hear a lot of women say, my kids come first. Actually, your kids don't. You come first. Mm. And I learned that as an empty nester now, my kids are 29, 27, and 25. The worst thing I did was put them first and neglect myself because when those kids start growing up, it's like a light switch. They don't need you no more. You're the ATM, the chauffeur. That's yep, it. Yep. And so I was always, my kids, my kids, my kids. But in the course, I talk about how we use our kids as our shield. You know, we use our kids as the shield because we don't want to be hurt again. And then how can you be like Ruth or be like Esther and you don't get out of the house? I'm waiting on God to send me a man. Well, they went. This these are scriptures that y'all that y'all are using, child. Why don't you get out of the house? Why don't you go where men are? So it's this course, it's a three hour, it's three hours long, and you probably going to start crying because you're going to have these aha moments. But I did this one, um, especially at the height of the riots that we were having with George Floyd. Yeah, I did it at the height of that because I saw so many of our sisters on the front line yeah. fighting. And I'm like, sis, you can be a part of the movement, but not at the expense of your peace. You got to understand how um, your nervous system is is affected. Your well-being is so affected when you are in that masculine energy doing, doing, doing. You can still be a part, but maybe not on the front line this time. We can be making sandwiches and bandaging y'all up while y'all go out there, you know, and do what you do. And we come, we step in if you guys get subdued, but we're not always having to lead the pack. We don't always have to be warriors, but we can still be effective. So mm. I teach that. And I know, ladies, it's something that many of you may not want to hear because we're so programmed. And, I, and you know what? To be honest with you, your why of how you had to do why you had to do it doesn't even matter. Where do you want to go? 
That's what a coach does. We don't we don't go into the past. That's what the therapist does. Yeah. It's who do you want to be now? And That's so good. you have to make a feminine identity switch is what I call it. And you have to see yourself and stop living on the old version of you because the old version of you got you to where you are. If you don't like your life, it's because of who you've been being. If you want something different, you got to become something different. I'm going to drop a link in the description on this YouTube video. Man, let me tell you something. Because <laughs> I love it when you tell me about the people, the testimonials that come oh, about. Yeah. I love, like, one of my favorite parts of church back in the day was testimony service. Okay. So I always love when you, like, even uh, while we come to the studio, you was like, yeah, one of my one of my uh, students that was in my course, they just got married. They just this. They just told me this. They just, It's yeah. like, I, lo I love when it works. What happened at the airport this morning when I was flying here? That lady came yeah, up to you. Yeah, I saw her see me, but I just kept going. And then about maybe 30 minutes later, I'm right when I'm about to board the plane. She said, Miss April, is that you? I said, yes, love, it is. And she said, I just got to tell you, you're amazing. Thank you so much. She said, that's my husband. He said, I told him that was you. He told me to come over here, you know, and talk to you. She said, because of you and your course and your books that I read, I got my husband. I married him a year ago. And when people ask me what I do, I told you, I'm going to start telling them, I'm in the business of helping women, women get, attract good husbands. Because yeah. that seems to be what it is, even though that's not what I teach. Right. I teach become the feminine woman, but it's just so happens that the byproduct. The by is the, yes. Yeah. Um, so when they ask me, what do you, I help women get good husbands. That's, yeah. that's what I do, but it's not in the way that you think. So we also have our all things feminine social club. They're not even allowed to talk about men in there at all. No, so talk, 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 talk negative or talk about no period, all. no relationship, no man talk. I teach femininity from a holistic standpoint. It's about you. No man talk at all in my in our organization about your because what I find is women they want to become feminine to get the man not for themselves so I don't even allow them to talk about it and we have about um, on our Facebook we have about nine thousand members and we have our private paid membership that women go they can't talk about men at all no man no man talk. We had a funny conversation. You get a lot of DMs asking about me. What are they be saying? Oh, child. Y'all listen, <laughs> oh, Lord. Listen, listen, Linda, listen. <laughs> Folks, stay in my DMs asking, are you single, single? Are you really looking? Is he really doing this? Or is he doing it because, you know, he can monetize this? What kind of woman does he like? I said, why don't y'all DM him and ask? You know, as I know, we don't really tell what we're looking for. I, when people say, what are you looking for? I say, somebody amazing. <laughs> somebody amazing. That could yeah, it could be, be whatever, whatever that thing is. But yeah, they always ask, what is it that you want? And are you really serious? 1,000% serious. Um, people saw this episode that really showed how serious I was. Um, that I dropped January the 4th. I was like, you know how you said you was dating somebody nobody knew? Mm -hmm. uh, I was dating this woman, this woman. We was going through pre-premarital counseling. I wanted to go through counseling before I proposed because I already had planned on proposing March the 18th. And so okay. this, is, this is a person that was really, really serious about. Um, and she just said she needed to go back to therapy. And she just didn't feel qualified to be a wife. 
And mm. it was like, I mm. couldn't do nothing but respect that, yeah. you know, and I was like, you're more than qualified. But in her mind, she said, just allow me to work through whatever process and yeah. she want to walk away from everything. Um, but yeah, I'm, I'm extremely serious. When I did this podcast, it was for that. It was about me going through my, my own personal healing in front of the world. Mm-hmm. And I know that that would be the, the main thing that, that's always asked and questioned people like, well, are you so married to dear future wifey that you want to stay single so that this can keep living on? I was like, I don't care about this. I I do not care about this. Okay. You know, I don't care about it to the degree um, that I would allow this to prevent me from getting married. Mm. Matter of fact, I feel the opposite. I feel the longer this uh, takes place, the more, the more it looks like a failure. You know what I'm saying? If I if I if it's ten years from now, I'm 45. And I'm 55. Welcome to the Dear Future Wifey podcast. <laughs> I'm mean, like, boy, get somewhere and sit down. Oh. You, boy, you've been sitting up here doing this thing for 13 yeah, years yeah, yeah, looking yeah. for a wife. It can't be that hard. Yes. So I always look at it as the longer it becomes, the more mm-hmm. it appears that I am unsuccessful in the very thing that I desire. Right now, another question. Well, since people ask, oh Lord, she's gonna flip the questions on me. Lord, another question, Jesus. my love. Mm. So. I just forgot my thought. Thank see, you, Holy see, Spirit. No, no, that wasn't the whole. That, that wasn't was, the, that was the Holy oh, Spirit. Oh, now I got it back because if that's the Holy Spirit, it brought it back. So, <laughs> do you find it that it could be challenging because of who you are? Do, let me rephrase that. Well, I know you about to say. Do you think people get caught up of the imaging of you versus who you are? They get caught up in that the idea of you. Ideal. Yeah, I think that that would be a challenge. Um, but then I also find that it can also be intimidating mm-hmm. because people assume, and they will, if they would assume this, they'll be correct, is that the woman that I desire has to share this space with me. Yes. I don't yes. want to be this person that, because I'm, I'm still going to have a platform, I'm still going to have this platform where we're still having these conversations and mm-hmm. talks. I want my woman to be able to sit alongside of me and we do this together. Uh, this is purpose work. So... Yeah, so when a woman hears that, they go, oh, well, I'm more shy. I'm more behind the scenes. I'm the person that I may be able to work behind the cameras or whatever. I said, I got Rihanna for that. I don't don't need y'all for that. (laughs) You know what I'm saying? It's like, no, I want the the woman operating with me. And they're like, well, but what if if that's not my strong suit? What if it's not this? Then you're just not her. It's just just not the one. It's just simple. Look, what's out of place will be replaced. Say that one more time. What's out of place will be replaced. Boy, let me tell you something. They're right there <laughs> preaching. We need that on the t-shirt. What's out of place will be will replaced. Be replaced. <laughs> now, another question. Oh, and Lord. Jesus, I'm flipping. Okay, just, go just, ahead. Just, I just want to ask this. And I'm asking these questions because I... You, you people ask you that about me. That about you and then people in our space. People don't realize sometimes that we are humans. Yeah. And sometimes when we get comfortable and show our human side, people can be disappointed because they think you're supposed to be on all the time. Yeah. So are are you prepared for that? Because I work with a lot of men. Now, I don't coach women one-on-one anymore, but I do work with a lot of men. And a lot of them are celebrity guys. And I realize why they don't have, they can't seem to keep a relationship. is because people get caught up in the idea of them. And when they show their real selves, you're not that sexy guy that we see on TV. You're really a nerd and you're really an introvert. Yeah. But they get afraid to show that. So they keep this imaging up because in their minds, it's like, well, this is what I do. And this is a part of me, Yeah, but it's not the biggest part of me. So your question is what? Do you find that 
do you think that someone would be disappointed because they're only after the man in front of the camera to see your quirky sides, your moody sides? And because people could say, well, you really ain't that. No, no, I'm her. I'm just her, too. Um, because the podcast is so authentic for me, mm-hmm. like it was an episode I did with Danae a couple of weeks ago and I'm mm-hmm. cracking up. I'm laughing. I'm doing this. People that don't know me, they was like. Oh, he's just laughing too much. He's immature to be doing mm-hmm. an episode like that. Mm-hmm. And why how, Why is he doing that? But then she was like. But you laugh. I was crack. I love to laugh. You do. I mean, hanging out with you, you do. Uh, we, we. So just think <laughs> about it. So yeah. so the reality is that's who I am. Yes. I'm that person on camera. I'm that person yes. off camera. I am consistent. Yes. And so what happened is, is even with her, she was saying, had you been so serious, that interview in the last three hours. It would have lasted mm. 15, 15 minutes because we're talking about such heavy subject yeah. matter that I would have just fell apart. Yeah. And she said, the reason why I want to interview with you outside of everybody else who reached out to me is because I've watched you. I've yeah. watched you interview yeah, yeah. my personal friends, and I know them, I trust them, and I knew that you provided a safe space for them. What I needed is somebody that understood me and could see me. And she said, for the first time in my life, I felt seen. See? And I, you know what? I always tell men that I, I was... Um, at an event and it was a recently married couple and the man asked me, what advice would you give me and my wife? We just got married. It was like maybe a week. And I told him, I said, make sure she's protected, provided for seen and heard. Mm. And I told her study him like your life depends on it. Get so far down in his DNA to where you know him better than he knows himself. There it is. She broke down crying and he looked at her. He said, why are you crying? And she didn't even know. But I said, if, any advice I can give any married couple, or especially the newlyweds, study that man to the point you know him better than you know himself. One of my favorite songs, and people who watch my podcast hear me say this often, is Fantasia's Teach Me. Hmm, I don't know if I heard that She one. says, teach me how to love you. Show me I'm willing to learn. Mm-hmm. Following every instruction, I'll be a scholar when we are done. Mm. Teach me what you need because I'm willing to learn. That's powerful. The song is called Teach Me. I'm happy to listen to Oh, that. when I say that song, I, I when I say I listen to it, and it's not even one of her most popular mm-hmm. songs, but mm-hmm. it's her most impactful song. Well, you know what? You know what it takes in order to do that. What does it take? Selflessness. There it is. You can't go in looking at what you can get. And looking at, let me see. Let, let, it's kind of like, entertain me. Let me see what you. <laughs> let me see what you're providing. Let me see what you're offering. If you are really trying to get to know someone, you have to pay attention to what's said and what's not said. We also, as women, have to get back to charm. There it is. Knowing how to use feminine language with men. Some say we talked about it earlier. It's manipulation, but it's not. It's like. I know that a cat does not eat dog food. I'm not going to give that cat that and then be mad because I want it to be the way I want it. Why won't he eat it? Well, that's not what it is. And to me, when I start really learning and understanding how men work and with all due respect, I learn men are so routine and simple. Mm -hmm. Now, of course, everybody has their own little complexities and whatnot, but overall, it's it's not very. There's some core things that all men just. It's a, it's, yeah, yeah, across the board. Yeah. And women, I don't think today in 2023 they understand the power of feminine language. Yeah. 
and how um, to talk and say, you know, uh, 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 stop, stop. You didn't take out the garbage. Just stop yeah. saying that and say, honey, can you take out the garbage tonight before you go to bed? Instead of, uh, I'm mad he didn't take out the garbage. I asked him to. But Every time I ask you to take out the garbage, you, you never take it out. Yeah. He'd be like, who, I think I'm your child or something. Like, it's a, yes. it's a different response. Like, who yes. you talking to? He's yes. going to automatically respond, who you think you talking to? Right. And it's the art of feminine language. It's it's knowing how to leave open-ended questions. It's knowing how to, to listen to what he's saying and only address that in that moment versus all of that. We're going to get to the other stuff, but not in this particular moment. And I believe as women we have lost the art of feminine language charm and witty banner because you say i got, got game it's she not game she's she a, she a game she got some player in her it's, she not, got, it's not really not game it's woman it's woman would be like listen i would have brought you something had i known you're gonna be on this plane he like well hold on and then i asked her i said so then what happens if by the end of y'all's uh trip he would have said you know the plane landed he was like so can i keep in touch with you can i get your phone number then what you say if i would have been interested yeah but if not it would have You'd have been like, enjoy your enjoy your vacation. Because it how would you say it? So I'm gonna be him. Hey, listen, I really enjoy talking to you on the plane. You have such a, an amazing personality. I would love to keep in contact with you if that's okay. Uh, can we exchange numbers? Well, let me ask you this first: Is he making it romantic or platonic? Right now, I'm just saying it the way I'm saying it. You got and I, and I enjoyed him. Yeah, we was and tripping that, out talking. In in that scenario, I probably would exchange numbers. Because remember, we're not saying if it's romantic or not. We just had great conversation. So me giving you my number is, you know what? It's networking. How you going to just throw networking? That well, man you, don't do nothing but, but, but clean toilets. But here's the you thing. don't need nobody to come do that for you. And you sit up here talking about networking. You, no, no, you listen. On, on, the, on, the, on the plane today, um, I, I was talking to the gentleman sitting next to me. He owned a lot of franchises. And we, You want to open up a franchise? No, but <laughs> I'm a business. I'm a serial entrepreneur. You're gonna need so it for some sponsorship, maybe. <laughs> but you know, he he got up. We had a really great conversation. His name was Doug. Shout out to Doug. His name was Doug. We had a really great conversation. He told me about his daughters, and I asked him. I said, "Why did you become, you know, a franchisee? What 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 started that?" And he gave me his story because he started the conversation with me by asking while I'm biting my sandwich. You know, did you bring me one? Yeah. So I just engaged him in conversation. And I believe sometimes we have to know that some things are just conversation. Everybody you meet won't be the one. If somebody wants you, they will come and get you. So in that situation, you would exchange it because you saw value that can extend past the, the trip. Oh, yeah. Yeah, because he was like, well, if you, you know, if you're ever in where he's from, yeah. you know, he did say that, but it was not a, in a romantic kind of way. It was more so we, I met a genuine individual and had a conversation. And I believe when people have been out of good dating situations for a long time, everybody they meet, they'll think, oh, man, is this God, Lord, he ordered, he ordered a venti and I ordered a venti child, uh, you know, and maybe it's the one. That's my husband. I don't believe that. I believe that I meet wonderful people all the time. And you know, you never know who's going to be Girl the one to connect you to who. Venti, I ordered Venti. <laughs> yeah, good. And and you, well, you know them. A caramel macchiato. Yeah, caramel macchiato. <laughs> you know, stirred, not yeah, this. Yeah, double double pump of syrup. I had yes. a double pump. It's like, I, oh my god. We ordered the same way. That's my husband. Right. And so I'm not that type of woman. And unless a man says, "I really want to get you to know you on a 
on a more personal he has level. To say it. If he doesn't say it, you are if he friend doesn't say or network. Don't assume it. Yeah, if he doesn't say it, don't assume it. That's good. And if I he doesn't don't, say it, don't assume it. But Miss April, he did this. I said that means not like I don't care if you walk in here and hand me a bag of money as my friend. <laughs> You're just going to be like, thank you, I mean, deposit. Like, friend, and be like, <laughs> you did this for me? Yeah. I wanted you to have this. You know, I know you were doing X, Y, and Z. And, you know, I wanted I wanted to get to your foundation. You know, I don't think that that is does romantic. That, when he does that, do you feel that it's a, even though you don't, you, you put in this little category, will that be a mental deposit into love? Meaning that if he came back around two weeks later and was like, listen, I, I really believe in you and I did this because of this, this, this. Now, and you go, don't get it twisted. You gonna get tingly when a man walk in here with a bag full of money, honey. Let's not get it twisted. That is gonna happen. But what it says to me is he's a generous man. And a man being generous is huge for me. That's on my list as yeah. well. Not generous necessarily, but and just with his money, yeah. his time, his and his effort. Yeah. That's huge for me. So if he came back around, you already tick check checked off one of my things with yeah. the generosity and said, you know, said what you said, you know, I, I would really love to take you out. Now it's, let me vet him a little bit more because a core need of mine is a generous man. It's but more so with his time because my yeah. primary love language is quality, quality time. time so generosity in that area is huge so you may have shown it to me in a monetary way but let me see if on this other side because yeah. if you can only do it money wise yeah. you still don't qualify facts that's real that's real i love it <laughs> april yes, no love. more questions don't ask me no more questions so no. do you want to have any more kids no yes, i'm just I joking do, Actually, do I you do you yeah. yeah my have i had my daughter was born in high school, okay. uh, two weeks before I graduated high school. And then um, I didn't have any kids with my wife. We were married for almost 10 years. And then after uh, we divorced, the following year, I ended up adopting my nephew. And then a few years later, I ended up adopting my son, Armani. Um, I've never had a child yeah. in a traditional okay. uh, way, which is we had a kid with my wife and we, you know, Bring that child up together. Hmm. So, I, hmm. so I say that that's something that I desire. If God had it planned for me to marry somebody that um, couldn't have kids or past the age to have kids, then so but be. Don't won't God give you the desires of your heart? Yeah, yeah. But then, but then it's twofold. It's a, it's a, it's, it's, it's interesting when you say that because He'll give you the, He'll grant you the desires of your heart, but then. He has placed inside of us that desire for a reason. So he's yes. granted us that desire. Absolutely. So, so that's just a that's just a preference. It's not like it's not like if I don't do that, then I'll be like, well, she okay. can't be the one because of this. Well, it's just a, it's a desire. Now you got my mind going, love. Y'all don't be trying to connect me because you, you over do trying. know I no, have I'll an stop. arsenal full of nope. women that have gone through stop. femininity I'll training. Rebu I'll rebuke you. Did you just say you look? Hey, I, but you can't. I, just, I, I, am I not on dear future wifey? <laughs> And I got a whole bunch of wifeys. Access the bunch of wifeys. <laughs> I, I, we act up. We, 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 I came with you. I came with you. She so said, she's saying, talking about, hmm. She, you know, my brain is. Going through your database. Well, you, Have you ever thought about having a, uh, a matchmaking service? I am a former matchmaker. I used you to, are? Yeah. I used to do. I started my matchmaking service back in 2012, but I quit because women were too picky. I only work personally right now with men. Because by the time a man get, gets to me and want to work his relationship part out, he's ready. Women, it was so hard. And I'm like, girl, listen, 
Listen. Listen, Linda. Listen, Linda. This this list of 72 things, like, I only have five things on my list. Five. You said they would have a They had, like, a list of 72 things, front and back. And I started noticing that the things on their list was trauma-based. It was like, because I went through this, I don't want this. Because I went through this, I don't want that. It was that. <laughs> so I did. I was a matchmaker for a while. Um, started in Atlanta 20. 12, 20, no, 2011 or 2012. Was you or doing fem, were you doing femininity coaching at the same time? No, I wasn't doing it. I was inadvertently doing it. So before you were, you were focused on relationship and then you start saying, let me reverse engineer it. I'm hearing some stuff that these women saying mm-hmm. that's making them literally incompatible for the very thing that they desire. So yes. then you reverse engineer it and then you said, let's start at the root with these right. women. Right, which is why I wrote the book Identity Switch, Becoming the Woman Who Gets What She Want. Because I Good. noticed in, no matter if I was teaching them business, how to be feminine CEOs, whether I was teaching them how to date, it didn't get to some of them because I'm like, this is the problem. No matter what I say to you, you don't realize you have to make a switch. So let me walk you through the steps of what identity switching looks like. It's nothing more than um, renewing of the mind. Yeah, yeah. But we can say those things, but people don't have practical steps to take. So the whole there's a whole chapter just on feminine identity and what that actually means. So yeah, I had to, I focused there because once you get a person to understand they have to make that identity switch, they can get whatever they want at that point. Well, listen, y'all need to go get that book and uh, <laughs> don't ask me no more questions. I'm finna write I'm, I'm not. I'm not. I'm, I got me, something in my leave, ma- leave me alone, April. Thank you. I'm April. just saying, I, you know, you know, I have a track record of people engaged and married in a year. You that is that is the track record. I'm just saying, you know, if you you know, all you got to do is text and say, listen, what you got in your database, honey. You know, and they've been trained, you know, because you say we're doing this because oh, it's in your, you know, you want to do feminine, more feminine woman. That's why we're doing this here podcast right now. So I'm just saying, if you ever decide to, you know, text me and say, hey, sis, what you got? I'm just saying, I'm, oh, I have God. some women that are available. <laughs> Thank you so much for having me today. So you tell your people, you, they, they ask you all these questions. Now you just ask me. Publicly, the answer to a question. I right? did. So all the questions got answered, right? Kind of, but I will, I'll ask you the other ones off the oh, camera. Oh, Lord Jesus. All right. A whole new interview, part two, <laughs> behind the camera, the terrace uncut. Yeah, that part. <laughs> that part. After dark, uncut. Uh, listen, thank y'all so much for uh, tuning in to the Dear Future Wifey podcast. Make sure that you visit the description. There's going to be link in the bio so you can go ahead and uh, sign up for this amazing course that I done uh, coerced April yes, to, re- <laughs> to re-release. Uh, so, yeah. And thank you for doing that. Thank you. Because I always want to provide value to yeah. my to my uh, my audience. I have such an amazing audience that's just, they, they, they rocking with me. Well, you know, your audience is so amazing that I had not, I don't watch a lot of stuff. I had not heard of you until the January 4th Heartbreak. Let, heartbreak. People were sending me your stuff saying, "April, he need to talk to you. You need to. You need to <laughs> sit down and talk, talk to you." They they think I I'm the ear, the feminine ear. They they always send the men that are hurting and broken. <laughs> They're like, hey, "Miss April, reach out to him. Re- you really need to reach out to him." Like my DM was <laughs> flooded because he just got his heart broken. Miss April, he could val- he could he could really use you know, and, and he probably value talking with you. That's how I came across you. I'm like. What can I do? 
<laughs> hey, why don't you come fix me? <laughs> yes, I'm like, sis, he going through his, he, he's telling us. He already in his process. T- tell how powerful that is, the fact that I am communicating that, that which I'm going through. That's the part. That's why I'm like, he, he, don't, he doesn't need me. Now, if he was still stuck and blaming everybody else, then we need to sit down. I said, but he's actually saying, this is what happened. This is what I am, but I'm still open to love. This is just a situation that did not fit, but I'm getting closer. I'm getting closer. So that's all. I'm like, he don't, child, he don't need to pay me all this money to come sit down because he said it. That's I said the hardest part is getting people to be aware. That's I'm like that's what y'all pay me for to help you become, become people aware. People be hiding, they be disguising, they you be like just be honest, well, say where you at. Well, you know the most funny the makeup artist she tried, but she stayed. They, the, even the girls you had me talk to yesterday, yeah, see, in, in, think, in the Bahamas, they think I'm gonna be oh sis. So you're the makeup artist, and I'm putting you on blast, girl. Um, we were talking, and I said, "What makes you a valuable woman?" Is what I asked her. She said, well, I'm a child of God. I'm a light. I'm this. I'm like, I said, oh, you general. I said, go deeper, sis. She said, what do you mean? I said, you just gave me what every woman gives me. It's the general. We all a child of God. So we all special, baby. What makes you someone's valuable wife? Why would somebody choose you to be their wife? And give me things that money cannot buy. Nothing that you've accomplished who are you at your core? Because that was cute what you just gave me. You Googled that. I want to know. She said you Googled who it. Who are you? And she was like, you right, I got, I got She said, that takes work. I said, that's what I do. I said, that's what I do. It causes you to have to go within because you're not accustomed to that. You're so used to thinking, women, and I got to say this, that women, we, we do. And I was guilty of it too. We always think we're so fabulous, darling, until we're asked the hard questions. Like, what makes you valuable? And don't give me what you do, um, how many degrees you've accomplished, what you've accomplished, your good credit, your sex tricks, your nice body, and your pretty face. Take those off the table oh, boy. and tell me who you are. I did a tour and that was the first question I asked every tour stop that I went. I said, y'all know me. Y'all paid to be here. Tell me who you are. And I made as many of I, as I could get up and tell me who they are. But only, I would say 99% of them could not tell me who they are. They told me what they did. They told me they were a mother. They told me about their career. They told me I'm God-fearing. They told me basic stuff. I said, now go tell me, take off the mask and tell me who you are. What makes a man want to marry you? And don't mention any of those things. And don't mention I can cook and clean. He can hire somebody for that. Yep. What do you bring to a man's life that money can't buy? So that's, that's the work. So, so that's your homework assignment. That's the, that's the assignment, child. <laughs> God, dog. For my eighth time wrapping up the Dear Future Wacky podcast. See how we do? See, that's how, that's how we are when we get on the phone and talk. Because uh, she done wore me out today. This is this is amazing. So uh, y'all give it up for my homie, April Mason, y'all. Thank you so much for having me. Thank this you for was being fun. Here. I had so much fun with you. So much fun. Yes, likewise. Ladarian thrusted suddenly into Child Protective Services in 2015. My nephew, black, a boy. The likelihood of being adopted outside of kinship, slim to none. Armani, 16 years old, black, a boy, with five years in the foster care system before I even knew his name. The likelihood of ever being adopted, 
Yep, you guessed it, slim to none. While Ladarian and Armani were trying to survive and barely thrive in an overpopulated and underfunded foster care system, I was living my own life, doing well professionally. Having been a single father with a daughter who at that point was doing well in college, it was my time to live my life, right? Wrong. I felt unsettled, tireless, agitated. There are just too many of our black children stuck in ambiguity and in the limbo of the foster care system. In 2017, I legally adopted my nephew, Ladarian. Fast forward to 2019, I had no ties to this other young king, but I felt God instructed me to adopt him also, and I obeyed. Starting over with parenting should have been enough, right? Working with various foster care and adoption agencies to help bring awareness to the countless young black kings in the foster care system should have decreased my agitation, right? Joining the board of directors of Advantage Adoption, an organization that helps find permanent adoptive homes for children in foster care, should have led to some type of resolve, right? No, not at all. None of it felt like I had done enough. I now realize that every one of those experiences was laying the fundamental foundation for my life's mission, Kingdom Royale. Kingdom Royale will be a luxury, state-of-the-art home for foster boys. Our first location will be in the Dallas-Fort Worth Metroplex. We will utilize the whole person approach that instills identity, empowers them to advocate for themselves, and enlightens them regarding new perspectives and limitless options that they thought were impossible. Though the young kings will attend the local public schools that are in proximity to Kingdom Royale, our at-home curriculum will broaden their worldview through participating in the arts, attending various cultural events, learning about and engaging in multifaceted discussions about current events and even relevant historical contexts, introducing them to gardening and landscaping and even caring for our animals on our farm and on-site stables. We just launched our startup capital campaign with the goal of raising $2.8 million. Now, why $2.8 million? Well, in 2017, I created a web series in which I performed random acts of kindness for targeting the homeless community. One of the most notable successes was that one of the videos went viral, garnering 28 million views. However, one of my biggest regrets is that I didn't raise a single dollar to help in implementing a more sustainable plan for the homeless community. So throughout the years, with much remorse, I reflected on not maximizing that moment. I knew if at that time, just 10% of the viewers donated $1, we would have raised at least $2.8 million that could have really established long-term support for the homeless community, or at least started a long-term initiative to do so. This is my do-over. This is our new beginning. Together, we can attack this at the root by specifically helping our homeless black boys who are already disproportionately represented in the American foster care system. I'm LaTeris R. Whitfield. I've been nominated for three regional Emmys documenting my work with the homeless as well as my personal adoption journey. Despite those accolades, the greatest award for me is truly providing the infrastructure for a transformed life. Visit KingdomRoyale.com for more details. Crown a king and make a donation today. I really enjoyed talking to April Mason today. I've been wanting to have this conversation about the power of feminine energy for the longest. Um, yeah, I believe that 
unfortunately, women have to lean more towards the masculine energy because men haven't been fulfilling their roles. But there's so much power in the feminine. Well, here's my favorite part of the podcast where I speak to my future wifey. Dear future wifey, I'm missing you like Case. Looking forward to the day we share the same space, grace, chase, nope, pursue. Doing the work before I do. Truth, you, transparency, love deposits, our currency. Dreaming, we're teaming, souls redeeming. Purpose fulfilling, purpose revealing, legacy building, protection. I'm shielding you from villains. Haters, we're dealing with them like their children. Basically, I'm waiting on God and waiting on you at the same dang time. Your future hubby. I hope you enjoyed this episode of the Dear Future Wifey podcast. Remember, be lit, live intentionally and transparently, and don't stop loving. Make sure to subscribe to our Dear Future Wifey YouTube channel. We're available on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, and Stitcher. We welcome your support. Simply share our podcast with your friends and family. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. When you visit Arizona, time is measured in moments, not minutes. Like the moment your work stress disappears as you kayak through the canyons. Or the moment you discover the life-changing effects of prickly pear chocolate. But nothing beats the moment you see the Grand Canyon for the very first time. Visit a new state of mind. Learn more at hereyouareaz.com.